They were here yesterday and I was here by myself and he was cleaning our counter. They, they really, they clean every nook and cranny. I saw them. Uh, Chris, I just have to make you a host. Um, but he kept on ringing the bell on accident. And I was like, what? Commission to order. Um, Sarah, if you would be so kind. Okay. Uh, Steve Wardkey. Yes. Brian Kelly. No, Brian. Uh, Andrew Benjamin. Here. Trevor Shire. Here. Roberta Marshall. Here. Bill Norris. Here. Greg Yeager. Here. Peter Flint. No, Peter. Uh, Billy Mitzelfeld. Here. And Linda Miller. Here. Perfect. We do have a quorum. Let the record also reflect that. Um, and Nicholas, I am just going to butcher your last name royally, but we have Nicholas. Help me with the name. Just pronounce it for me. Ozichuk. There you go. Ozichuk. We also have um, Laurel Watson. Is that correct? Yes. From Hayden. And we have Dwayne, same last name as Nicholas. And after that, just a bit of housekeeping as we move forward. Um, from a notice standpoint, I just want to remind or at least um, summarize, notices of both of these hearings were published in the uh, newspaper. They were posted also on the sites involved and neighboring property owners were notified. And in addition to that, um, as this is a Zoom meeting, if you will. Uh, we've also uh, published. We've also published it on the county website, and as a uh, a miniature benefit, it's also on our Facebook account or Facebook page. Billy or Brian is here. Sarah. Second item. Um, we would appreciate it. I think it works well for everyone if we're not speaking to put ourselves on mute. It eliminates background noise and other, other odds and ends. And then the last item would be, um, if someone wishes to speak, there's two opportunities or two methods by which it can be done. In Zoom, there's a little raise your hand icon that I think is available under the participant heading, if I'm thinking correctly. And uh, otherwise, just wave your hand up in the air Everyone is on video with the exception of Sarah. So between Christy or Tegan or myself or Sarah, we'll figure it out and know that you wanna ask a question. With that, uh, first item on the agenda is public comment. At this point in time, anyone who wishes to address the planning commission on any item that is not on the agenda, now would be the time to do so. Hearing none and or seeing none, uh, we'll move to the next item on the agenda, the approval of the minutes of October 1st, 2020. I'll assume um, that everyone's gone through the minutes. Are there any additions, corrections, deletions? If not, Chair will entertain a motion to approve. 
somebody. Someone approve the minutes from October first. Is that Andy? Brian came in uh, with a more clear description than me. So give it to Brian. So Brian's in motion, and I'll use you as a second, Andy. Copy. Perfect. Thank you very much. Next item for consideration, and again, be advised, we're going to switch the agenda around just a bit. Uh, we'd like to deal with the Her Hayden Heritage Center public building conditional use permit. Point of order. Sir. You forgot to take a vote. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyone object to the approval of the minutes of <laughs> October 1st? Please signify by saying no. Hearing none, we'll consider the uh, minutes approved. Thank you, Andy, I appreciate that. Now moving forward. As I said, we're going to turn the agenda about or around just a bit. We'll start with the Hayden Heritage Center Public Building Conditional Use Permit, PL-20-174. Uh, Ms. Watson, or Ms. Watson, would you like to start and tell the commissioners a bit about what you're proposing? What we're proposing is to construct two loafing shed style um, buildings. They're a shed basically for um, storing our outdoor uh, predominantly wagons and equipment for the museum. Um, they're 12 by 36, um, pretty basic storage sheds. Uh, <clears throat> the problem is that the lot that we are uh, building it on, which we own, um, is zoned odd. It's zoned um, agriculture forestry. And so we had to go through this whole process to get it um, um, approved so that we could use the property. Um, we are in the process of getting annexed into the town of Hayden. However, it is taking longer than anticipated anticipated it'll probably take years to get um, annexed into the town because they're trying to fix all of the lines at once um, sorry <laughs> um, not sure what else you would like to know about the project it's pretty simple two loafing sheds for storage for the museum. Okay. Um, Any questions? Tegan, why don't you do staff and then we'll I kind of get to questions. I think I may have lost sound. Go ahead, Tegan. Okay, so those of you that are familiar with the Hayden Heritage Center, um, it is the Museum and Cultural Information Resource Center uh, for West Route. And hopefully everybody can see my screen here. It's just a vicinity map. 
Um, so the subject lot we're discussing is outlined in blue. Um, the lot directly north of that is actually the location of the Depot Museum building. Um, so this lot is owned by the museum um, and they hope to be able to use it for both storage and display of some of these big items that have been donated to them. Um, and here is an aerial just to put a little bit more context. Um, so we've got the subject lot as well as um, the museum that's directly across the street. These are separate parcels. Um, and on this aerial, this structure that's showing has been demoed in 2013. So I will bring up the site plan. Um, the Hayden Heritage Center purchased this parcel in 2011. Um, as Laurel mentioned, it's going through an annexation process with the town of Hayden um, that has been in the process for a few years. And it's, it's expected to take a few more. And that is because they're doing a mass annexation of all of these little tiny cutoff pieces of property um, including not only the subject parcel, but the parcel that the museum is located on. And some of the complicating factors are that the railroad owns the right of way and they have to go through a bunch of quiet title work, which is um, very slow. So Town of Hayden has confirmed they're in that process. They will not get this done in time for these historical items that have been donated to the museum to be saved this winter. Um, so there's a little bit of a um, time crunch on getting these wagons and um, other agricultural implements covered and restored um, in somewhere where the public can really enjoy them. So the parcel is zoned to agricultural forestry and it makes up 0.19 acres. So it's a pretty small parcel. Um, and their overall plan, as you can see on their site plan, is to do two covered loafing shed style buildings. It'll be used for both storage and display of these historical items. Um, and there's pictures in your staff packet of them. Uh, and they'll be opened to the public when the museum is open, and then they'll be closed when the museum's closed uh, for safekeeping. So this is coming in under a conditional use permit for a public building, which is kind of a unique um, application type and it's not used very often. There are, there's no definition and there's no standards for a public building. So some of the other application types or other applications you've seen come in under a public building would be some fire stations as well as some of these historical community centers like the Moon Hill Schoolhouse and the Mesa Schoolhouse. In addition to this conditional use permit, um, this project will require a variance and that hearing is scheduled for Monday. So that is the second part of this requirement for them to be able to put these structures on this lot. That is because they cannot meet the 50 foot setbacks of the agricultural forestry zone district. And then um, additionally, just a few things to mention, the town of Hayden are the actual owners of the parcel that the Depot Museum is located on. However, Hayden Heritage Center runs 
operates, manages the museum, as well as owns this adjacent parcel. So it's a little bit of a complicating factor. Um, so these parcels can't be combined at this time. Um, and the town of Hayden has actually helped fund the purchasing of these buildings. They're invested in this project and they'd really like to see it happen. Um, and then the applicant has been in contact with the building department. They're aware of the permitting process. The building department's aware of the proposed use of these structures um, and it has been working with them on that front as far as public safety for buildings that the public will be around but not necessarily be invited into. So those are my comments. And then just one additional note, um, the board of the Hayden Heritage Center is, they've revised their site plans slightly and those structures are actually moved six feet to the north, but they're in the exact same um, spot as far as west east configuration is concerned. Um, but they, for their variance application have moved them just slightly north. Those are my comments about this application. I'm gonna invite any questions. Thank you, Tegan. Um, commissioners, any questions? I have one. Oh, great, go ahead. Uh, so I saw that there's no utilities, so I'd assume no lighting or anything. Uh, is the hours of operations for the uh, museum, you know, daylight hours where it wouldn't be night and people having a trip hazard or anything like that? No, we are current. We are only our typical hours. The latest that we are ever open is uh, 5 p.m. Uh, currently, we're only we're very limited right now, but 4 p.m. is generally what we're open at right now. So no, there's also a light at the um, corner on that one pole. And um, we plan on putting a small light, um, a motion sensor battery operated one on the pole um, that is in between the buildings. But nothing major, just battery operated. Anyone else? Yeah, Steve, I have a question, uh, I guess for Tegan. Um, is there a reason that we don't have a, our standard special condition about the building color painting? I don't want to record it. Um, because these aren't necessarily being created to blend with the environment, um, we wouldn't, they haven't proposed a specific color, nor would we typically require one. Um, they're just trying to do it in a, a loafing shed style. Um, and I don't know, Laurel, did you guys already decide on a building color? They would look, what you have there in that picture, brown. Uh, we thought that that would be best since it's agriculture. Um, it's going to house um, a belly dump wagon, um, the May wagon, um, one buggy. Uh, we thought that that was a natural color for it. Um, I guess we didn't think that that would be a major um, issue. 
part of the intent of doing these loafing shed style um, structures is because they are housing this historical agricultural equipment. Um, so it's kind of part of the historic vernacular of um, the display of having these on this parcel and celebrating that agricultural history um, that Hayden Heritage Center really highlights. Again, I think that's a good job of answering my question. Thank you. Egan, I have a question. Okay. And it's a bit more along the lines of procedural, and I'm not sure I'll even think about this, but this is kind of a bizarre set of circumstances to the extent that you need to have a, a variance in order for the conditional use to be issued. Conversely, in order to do the conditional use, you got to have the variance. And there really isn't any reference of that in the um, conditions associated with this. I'm not suggesting that it's necessary. I'm just kind of curious, how does that work? Well, this is really similar to that um, Zirkle uh, internet tower that you guys just reviewed in the summer. That one also needed a variance um, to be constructed. It's really the, the variance comes in when we issue the building permit. We can't issue the building permit without the variance being approved first. Um, you guys can approve the conditional use permit, but if that second portion with that variance approval doesn't happen, then we can't actually approve the building permit, which makes it kind of a moot um, permit, so. I kind of expected that would be your answer, mm -hmm. um, but I just wanted to get it out there because it is a little awkward or unusual, I guess yeah. I should. And variance applications are unique in the fact that staff actually make a recommendation on whether or not um, they believe the applications met the applicable criteria in order to get an approval. Right. Um, and this application is getting a recommendation of approval. That's because they have absolutely no area on that lot that can comply with setbacks. Correct, okay. Um, Troy, did I thought I saw you had a hand up? Yeah, um, Tegan, could you go back to the site plan? So it looks like <clears throat> West Pearl Street is owned by the railroad. Mm -hmm. Well, so access to this piece, I guess, could come down a platted alley. So it what what gives them the right or anybody to use West Pearl Street? So access to this site will come up Poplar Street from the town of Hayden. Um, Pearl Street is, it's just this wraparound um, that is a dead end essentially there. The actual museum property, the parking is located directly to the west of it. So it's right here. Um, however, that property is owned by the town of Hayden and they have worked out whatever it is that they need to to have access. So. Um, parking will be shared between the two um, operations, but access will come from Poplar Street from the town of Hayden. From Poplar to West Pearl or from Poplar into the lot? I mean, there's so there's parking adjacent on the road. There's, there's kind of a plethora of areas people can park. However, the main museum parking is located up on the parcel for the Hayden Heritage Center just north here. So across is 
West Pearl Street. It's a public road. I'm not, I can't speak to exactly what um, the town of Hayden has previously worked out with the museum being located there um, and public access, but because this is a operation adjacent to the museum and part of the museum, um, they'll share the parking area. And, and that road is, um, it's a dirt road. They use it, the town maintains it. If that helps at all, uh, cause the garbage comes through that way and there's parking on there. Um, I'm not sure what their agreement is with the railroad either, um, but that is used as a thoroughfare. So then the within the boundaries of the lot that we're looking at, there are no public utility utilities at all. No. And Tegan, and a referral was sent to town of Hayden on this application and yep. there was coordination with the applicant and the town, correct? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and the, the town was actually quite supportive. They were um, recognized the fact that it was it was just gonna be impossible for them to complete the annexation in time um, for these donated items to be properly um, taken care of. And they were very supportive and are helping fund this project for the town or for the Hayden Heritage Center. Thank you. Sorry, and part of our problem too was that we had offsite storage, which we lost last year and so we've been working towards um, trying to uh, take care of the items that had to come back. And so this was our response for that so that we could take care of these items that now are out in the field. I thought I saw two more hands at some point. My hand has been up. Okay, Brian. Uh, pretty simple, really. Uh, I don't know what they worked out with the railroad, but if you look at the site plan, the distances are way off from, uh, you know, the record, see the 100 feet off the plat and then 109 from the existing center line. So this is just a leftover parcel. This is Troy's question about that right. Pearl Street there. Um, the town of Hayden owns this. They must have worked out a deal with the railroad to narrow the right of way in there if the town of Hayden owns it. If not, it's railroad right away, 100 feet from the center of the tracks. So the, the, the railroad owning West Pearl Street is one of the major complicating factors in their annexation. Um, so in conversations with Matt Medisco, the town of Hayden manager, um, he indicated that they have um, agreement from the railroad for the annexation um, of that property However, they're just waiting on the legal process of actually completing that with them and getting all that documentation. So that there's a lot of area that is within that annexation group that they're trying to work on that has these encumbrances having to do with the railroad going through that area that just really complicate the process. And, and the railroad takes forever. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There was another hand up. No? Maybe? Perhaps not. Uh, any other questions for either uh, Tegan or Laurel? 
Otherwise, I'll open it up to the public. Are there any comments and or questions from the public? Hearing none, I will close the public comment portion of this proceeding. Um, once again, questions from any of the commissioners regarding the application in front of us. My sense is we really don't need a round table unless there are issues that someone would like to raise. Well, with that thought in mind, um, Chair will entertain a motion on activity PL-20-174. I'll make that motion. Thank you, Roberta. You want to be a little more specific? <laughs> you should probably unmute. Apologize. Uh, much better. I, I got I, I got behind the eight ball. I move to approve PL-20-174 with uh, findings of fact one and conditions through one through 20. And might there be a second for Roberta's motion? I'll second. second. That. Is that you, Bill? Yes. Thank you, sir. Discussion on the motion. Hearing none, um, all those in favor of the motion signify by saying your name and then Sarah can check us off. Somebody can Troy, yes. <laughs> Troy, yes. Roberta, yes. Greg, Brian, yes. yes. Linda Miller, yes. Billy, yes. Andy, yes. Greg, did you talk? Sorry, I probably talked over someone. Greg, oh, yes. Okay, sorry. And Bill? Bill, yes. Chair votes yes. Any opposed? Hearing none. The uh, petition is approved as presented. Good luck, Laurel, with your project. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Next item on the agenda, PL-19-195, Lucky 8 Ranch, Amendment to Special Use Permit, issued back in 2017, if I recall. Um, for the petitioner, comments to the commissioners? Uh, do you want me to kind of explain what we're asking for? Or? I think a, a, a good summary um, from you would be totally appropriate. Sounds good. Yeah, so if you guys aren't familiar with us, uh, we are Lucky 8 Ranch for a bison ranch out towards um, Oak Creek County Route 29, um, located a portion of it on the historic Edna and Haber mine, um, and then also spans 
um, a couple miles of Trout Creek and both sides of the road. Um, yeah, we, uh, we raised 350 head in bison, uh, bison and growing, working our way to 500. So our main, our main goal is agriculture and it will always be the agriculture, but we decided back in 2017 to open up some agritourism to help supplement some income. Um, and it has been a success so far. Uh, we do ATV tours, snowmobile tours, um, horseback rides, special events and weddings, um, kind of dipped into a lot back in 2017 and it's um, been a lot of fun. Um, so now we are asking to adjust some of our conditions of approval, um, change our hours, increase our property boundary um, by about 65% and um, add a couple special event sites, ask for um, approval for some accessory structures and hopefully add some seasonal events in there to uh, try and get the community more involved um, to have some fun. Um, my family's from the Midwest, so we used to have uh, haunted hay rides, um, corn mazes, all that stuff. And I think Route County is kind of missing something like that. So it's something that we'd like to try and be able to uh, offer out here um, to the public to, uh, to, yeah, just have some cool, fun seasonal events, uh, maybe a... Um, like a lighted sleigh ride or lighted walking tour in the uh, winter time, um, winter wonderland kind of stuff. And um, yeah, do you want me to go into more specifics or? Oh, uh, you're doing fine. Um, I think it would be appropriate and it may be helpful to the commissioners if you could um, talk about changing the property boundaries and what happened and kind of where they're at. And I think. Okay. Um, Christine can maybe help by putting up some maps for us, perhaps. So this is, do you want me to speak, Nick? Or I, I, yeah, I was just gonna say it's probably maybe Chris, you can help Nick on this part of it because you've got control of the map, I think. So within yeah, your yeah. within your packet, you also have this map, the area boundary map. And this was the existing permit boundary, which was approximately 500 acres when they started in 2017. This was a little donut hole in there, which was the an adjoining property owner and they have purchased this 300 acres then so that's new then they've also added this area here 700 acres to their um to their permitted area so um oh, my mouse is acting kind of weird so, and then they also have the BLM lease, which is around 500, almost 600 acres that they can also use for recreational. So they've gone from their 500 acres, personal property for their boundary and adding the almost a thousand acres to it. So they're up to 1900 acres. And then they have private leases within that of 200 acres and then the BLM um, property, um, which they're leasing out. So right now they're changing 
from what they had before to 20, approximately 2,700 acres. So that's, that's the first one part of the permit that we are amending for the boundaries. And then if it helps a little bit, this is County Road 29. It's kind of hard to see that travels through. The creek travels approximately through this way. And then this is County Road 179, which they have a new lease area to access this area for some of their wedding venues. So that's the boundary. So if you have questions on the boundary, I'll help you with that. Nick can probably help me much more. Um, if you could, Chris, as long as that map is in front of us, um, can you point out the closest residences? Well, right down here on the new boundary, um, on the southwest boundary, yep. the long parse, the uh, Linda Long, her property is, is in this area right here. Okay. Um, I think her house is up in this area. Then um, there's... To my knowledge, and Nick, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think there's any other any other dwelling units down here, is there? No, the, yeah, you're correct. The only one is uh, Dave and Linda Long's property, which is right where that property line just kind of drops straight down and then circles back. Um, yeah, right in that corner is the only Right house. down here? Okay. Uh, no, it's up higher, like right at the corner of County Road 29. Okay. So we have a piece up here and then there's a, some down here also. Okay. And then um, up here, there's a ranch. Um, let me get my, let me get my, um, I believe that that's right over here. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, my, my mind just went blank to who owns that. That's Paul and Sue Orton. Orton's. So that's the closest one in this area. And they're, they're, I think their headquarters is more or less right here. And then there's a house. This is owned by um, Lucky Eight. This is a new lease area. And I believe that house a house on it, Nicholas? No, that lease is, um, they have a place to have a house, but they don't have a dwelling on it. And then you go up to the next parcel, 006. Um, there's a house there okay. um, in parcel 005, um, just north of that, there is a campsite kind of thing um, that's, that they use seasonally. And then in 004, there is uh, no no residence, 003 has a residence, and that's it on the uh, west side of County Road 29. And then there's the Willie property, which is, I believe, right here. Yes. Christine, you're right, your mouse is not working at all. <laughs> it's not? No. There it is. There, was that, does, there you go. That's me. There you go. Very hard to see. Yeah, there you go. Can you see it now? Yeah, I can. Okay. Okay. Uh, Nicholas, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You can continue on. Nope. Yeah, so we're uh, 
with that increase of acreage, it's adding another 65% to the property. And that's not including the uh, additional acreage that we are able to use with our recreational permit with the Bureau of Land Management. Um, we're wanting to um, adjust our, uh, our operating hours from uh, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m seven days a week. Uh, we originally were doing 9 a.m. to sunset um, six days a week. And this is just kind of changing it to the standards that Route County set last year for um, agritourism enterprises and just trying to kind of remain standard with everyone else in the county. Um, and then after that, we want to start um, adjusting some of the conditions of approval of number 16 and 18, which had to do with the um, activities, um, increase, uh, changing some of the wording, and then um, increasing horseback trail rides from 10 people to 14 people, and uh, from two days a week to three days per week, or sorry, per day, um, two tours per day to three tours per day and change that to seven days a week um, to make it standard with uh, Saddleback Ranch, Hanspeak Roadhouse, um, uh, Dell's Triangle 3. Um, and the reason for the 14 person maximum capacity is that's, the, that's how big our shuttle bus is. So it just makes it simple. Um, with the ATV tours, we would like to change it from 10 participants to 10 machines. Um, and also offer those seven days a week. And then with our snowmobile tours, we would also like to change that from 10 participants to 10 machines um, per tour and change that to seven days a week as well. Um, any questions on that one? Because we are asking for a lot. <laughs> Not yet, but I'm sure they'll come. Alrighty. So second um, is uh, we, we would like to add a uh, covered riding arena. Um, we can use, uh, we can have a personal or private covered riding arena used by right, um, but we would like to be able to use it for more than just personal use because it's a big investment. Um, so we'd like to be able to host special events in that unit. Um, which would be near our headquarters, um, which is, yeah, by the barn, um, just at the end of, if you look at the map here, uh, where it says Tobiano Trail, um, just in that area is where it would be located. And Uh, yeah, great uses for the riding arena besides just special events. I know weddings goes the first thing to mind of a lot of people, but uh, by being able to increase the capacity into a covered riding arena, you can do more educational seminars, you can do conferences, you can do um, a lot of non more nonprofit events like barn style dances and stuff like that, um, which would be a nice addition to um, the area. Uh, more route county and just give people a great uh, ranch atmosphere that they most people really can't have um, give people try and give them a Colorado experience is our goal with all of our 
um, public offerings. Uh, we can also do riding lessons or rodeo training inside this arena. Um, it would be uh, regulation size. Um, so it'd be 100 by 200 is the structure. Um, so it's a very large um, riding arena. Um, and the next thing, uh, we will be adding our bison handling facilities. Um, that's going to be pretty much primarily for agriculture use. But because of um, the size of it, it would be nice to add those into seasonal events to be able to open them up and put on uh, like a lighted show or not lighted show, like a lighted walking tour within them uh, for winter time or even make it like a haunted attraction during the fall. Um, and then other accessory structures we'd like to add are pole barn style pavilions. Um, and they, one of them has in, been in the uh, building department for, gosh, about a year. And last I heard, they were waiting on an address, and that was it. So I don't know what the status is there. Uh, but they're just structures um, to go out so you have shade because on uh, this large acreage, if you're out in the sun too long, it beats you up pretty good. So it's a good spot to go hang out. And uh, we'd also like to be able to use these for special events um, with no amplified music. So it would be more for um, people could rent it out for a day and uh, come hang out or you've got the weddings that they could be used for or multiple different uses. Um, those would be included in the um, special event requirements that we are allowed of 25 per year. That is pretty much the Cliff Notes version of everything we're asking for. Very good. Thank you. Um, Chris, you want to move on? Sure. Um, Nick pretty much covered it. I did want to... Um, This is another map that was also in the staff report, just to show some of the changes that will occur with the new uh, project. Um, this, is, this is the L8R site that I referred to. And, oh, I should back up though. One thing is that um, to let everyone know, cause we have some new members that um, we did conduct a site visit. I think it was back in January or March, just before COVID hit. And, and Steve was at that, Christy, Troy, John Merrill, who ha is no longer on planning commission and myself. I just wanted to let everybody know that we have had um, some planning commission members out on the site to take a look at this. So they might be able to help if other people have some um, questions with them being out on the site. Um, so back to this map, the Things that will be changing on this map, and, and Nick had um, supplied this, showing the different areas that were already there or going to be proposed. So this is a new um, 700 acre site. So there will be some new areas that will have amp amplified music. Chris, and you it, should share your screen. Oh, I thought I had it shared. Nope. Oh, I'm sorry, somebody should have yelled at me. <clears throat> We are now. 
<laughs> I clicked on share screen. Hold on. Let me try it again. Did it come up that time? Yep. There it is. Oh, good. Okay. So um, this is the 700 acres. These are some new sites, for instance, for a wedding venue that would have amplified music. Um, this is a staging area along with this area. This is a new site for a special event or wedding with amplified. These are sites are already um, on the ground. There was some pictures in the staff report with the, the wedding tent. That was this site here. <coughs> and this was the one next to it where usually they, it's, there's no amplified music and sometimes they do the actual wedding at this site. The main headquarters is, is over in this area and the uh, covered uh, barn location is, is also in this area. Um, what else is due? The bison handling facility will be over in this area and the, the two pavilions are over here in this area. So that's, that kind of describes what they've been doing already and then where they're planning on moving or having additional operations on the property. This area here, I know we had said that the Longs property was here, but the, the land itself rises in elevation and these sites, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Nick, cannot be seen from this county road, which is this road traveling through here. No, you can't see either of those sites from any public road. Right. And then this is County Road 179. So access is this way. There's a, an existing road that comes over to these sites and there are other roads in the area. But this is, um, this is where like your caterers and other people would come through um, to be able to access these, these two wedding, wedding venues on this side of this waterway. So that's the... Um, least of this area opens this up, even though there was already a good road going through there. So that's how these areas over here are accessed. Usually is from this side. You, there are water body crossings to get to that side, but this is where they would come from for those sites. Um, Nick explained the main changes that had to do with the, um, the permit itself. We're not changing anything within the existing conditions, except for the ones on 16 and 19 as described in your staff report. There are a few that have been added and that uh, we can go over those in a few minutes. I just wanted to bring that up that we're not changing anything else within the permit um, as far as conditions, except for a few that I've added that were placed in bold. I did place, hold on, let me, Hopefully I can get this right this time. In your staff report, sorry, it's a ways down here. These were all of the changes within the staff report. So hopefully I've got that clarified for you. 
Under the covered riding arena, this will be covered under the special events requirement under 18, which is allowed only 25 per year. You're, so not, you're not, not shared again. Oh, gosh. Chris, you probably have to stop sharing what you were and then reshare. Okay, let me see. It's, I don't have a stop share. I, I stopped it. Let me try it again. Did it come up? No. Yes. Yes. Good. Yep. It did yeah. come up. Okay. Yep. I don't know what happened. Yes, sir. It got it. Yeah, I don't know why it's not coming up. I guess I have to do a twofer. <laughs> um, scroll down a little bit, I think. Where was I? So under um, special events, covered riding arenas under the special events under 18. So as a total, there's 25 per year, which would include whatever um, they're wanting to do in the riding arena or weddings or seminars, whatever it is. So they're allowed 25 per year. So this is part of that, to just clarify that. The writing lessons are not under special events, as is the, um, as, as is the seasonal events, which is the haunted house and the winter lights, just so that you guys are clear on that. Um, After this section, I have included just if, if you feel it's needed issues for discussion. So there's, there's quite a bit that's been added to this. So these were just suggested um, issues if you would like to discussion, discuss them. So they are within the staff report. So um, I think I will um, let you guys obviously discuss that if there's things that you want to um, um, have that with with these with these uh, bulleted items. The one thing I did have a question about, and I'm sorry, Nick, I didn't talk to you about this. It came up kind of late. Is that are you planning on doing nighttime snowmobile tours? No, we we aren't planning on doing nighttime snowmobile tours. Um, okay. We did a sunset tour two years ago and people really didn't like those because they got too cold. So we kind of got rid of them. Um, a moonlight tour would be cool, but I doubt it's, it's not really economical for us. So we don't have any plans of doing that at all. Because what we've kind of done in the, in the conditions of changes is that they're 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. seven days a, a week. I just wanted to, I don't know if that needs to be clarified or if, Planning Commission was okay with with keeping those those hours up to 9 p.m. with your tours, and I realize in the summertime that's probably fine, but in the winter it would only affect probably the snowmobile tours. Uh, let's see. There was also additional proposal uh, by the petitioner that maybe administrative review could be done. Um, if they added additional lands 
to their special use permit, we usually have to do an amendment in that regard, um, but it was a request. I think it would be something for um, planning commission to discuss. And if they've decided that might be appropriate at the very end of the conditions, I added some language, which has a few typos, sorry about that, but it is in there if um, that's something that they want to, if you guys want to consider. And then I'm going to hopefully pull up the conditions because I wanted to show some of those changes. They'll come up. Okay. Did it come up? It did. Yep. Woohoo! You are a pro. Wow. Nice. <laughs> so uh, on condition number eight, I just wanted to clarify within the conditions that if you guys do approve the seasonal winter lights, that this would not be covered under the um, exterior lighting downcast and opaquely shielded because it would be more like Christmas lights and that, that really wouldn't work with what they're proposing. Um, these were all the same as they are in the staff report. So anything that's bolded is changed. And then in the end, if you approve this, this everything that's marked out would be removed from the permit and replaced by what, what has been bolded. Um, this was clarified to uh, speak to the special events arena. And then um, we did receive a notice from the Division of Wildlife and their concern was that the tours were, be, uh, were more and later hours and they were concerned about elk and deer calving. <clears throat> and so they suggested a condition, which um, I added it in there for your consideration to see if that's what you would like to do. And um, we did receive um, another comment from the Environmental Health Office just because of the state that we're in now with COVID-19. If this ever goes away, this condition would not be applicable, but at the time they just wanted to make sure that tours were con uh, conducted under current requirements for COVID-19. Then the last one, which I didn't add a condition number, this has to do with the administrative approval that was requested by the, requested by the petitioner. So um, I just suggested language that you guys can either accept or tear apart if, if you wanted to consider this request. And with that, I think I've gotten it all covered. So while you have those up in front, um, Chris, Am I thinking right that if you go to number 10, Oops. which is left over and was an original condition back from 2017, <clears throat> the petitioner has the right to put up the structures. Is that it's the use that we're really talking about? Right, if it's associated with the permit. So if they, he wanted to build another <clears throat> I don't know, another barn that the people would use to have dances. I don't know, I'm making something up. Yes, he would need to come back in. And, but it's um, administrative. It could be administrative. If 
if the direct planning director felt that maybe it was above um, his review, we would bump it up to planning commission. Okay. And then um, there was a statement, and I don't know that it's in the condition so much, but I've seen this a couple of times and perhaps it's a case of Nick actually saying it, but um, hours of operation um, being consistent with the county's rules. So can you recite those for us, please? To be consistent with the county rules. Right. Um, I have it. I have it right here, if you guys just want me to recite it. Sure. So uh, this was from dated uh, October 29th, uh, 2019, uh, table discussion on recreational facility standards. And agritourism enterprise, uh, activities conducted on a working farm or ranch and offered to the public for the purpose of recreation, education, or active involvement in the farm or ranch operation. This term includes, but not limited to farm tours, hay rides, cooking classes, and classes related to agriculture products or skills offered in conjunction with the above. And agritourism enterprise does not include accommodations. Um, and then it goes into a list. A, the agritourism enterprise must be clearly incidental to and supportive of the agriculture use of the site. B, the agritourism enterprise must be operated by the owner or leasee of the agriculture use. C, sales of products on site shall be limited to those clearly incidental and accessory to the agritourism enterprise or as declared and approved through the permitting process. D, the operation of hours are limited to the hours between 7 a.m. and 9 p.m. unless otherwise approved through the permitting process. And there's three more, but I think that's the one you wanted to hear. Yep. Thank you. Um, and I thought I had one more question that and refers back again to Nick's comments. And I don't know, Christine, if you're in a position to confirm, <clears throat> I think he mentioned being competitive in terms of operating hours or maybe it wasn't hours so much as um, head counts on tours that was competitive with Saddleback. And I think he mentioned also um, Bell's Triangle. And I was just trying to get you to support that, so to speak. Um, we did take a look at that and um, each is unique. I don't remember, I'm sorry, I don't remember the exact hours of operation. Maybe Nick remembers, but, um, and we were, we were checking on tours also. It wasn't uh, Dale's, it was the Roadhouse. And um, that's a unique operation because they have to abide by real restrictive access um, because of the road that travels by the neighbors. So um, it's a little bit different because it's not all on private property. It goes up into the national forest and, and Nick um, can start right from their property and not have to travel through they do cross the county road. They are permitted to do that for their tours, um, but it's not the same as what's happening um, with the other properties. Now, off the top of my head, I'm sorry, I cannot remember what um, 
Saddleback is. Okay. Um, commissioners, questions for either Nick or uh, Christine? Troy. Yeah. Um, I guess I would like Nick to expand a little bit on the reasons for having the amplified music until 11 o'clock p.m. Thank you. And then I would like to know if those uh, sites uh, are specifically identified on the site map. So maybe that will take care of that question if we know specifically where the amplified music would occur. And then I would like Nick to talk a little bit about wildlife and impacts. I, I'm not sure that the CPW recommendation is all that clear. Um, when I look at uh, number 30, that condition, it talks about tours do not begin until June 15th, which I think I can get that part, but then when do they end? So if there's a beginning date, isn't there a termination date? Um, it seems like we have the period between May 15th and June 15th covered, but then what about all the other months in the year besides June 15th as the beginning? So if you expand on that a little bit. Yep. Troy, I can answer um, that. I can answer that question ahead, in your staff report. On page 65, we got an updated um, text, or not text, email from um, um, the Division of, of uh, Wildlife. And the CPW is concerned because of the spring um, elk calving and deer fawning. They didn't discuss anything to do with late fall. It was just the early season that they um, referred to. And because of the... Um, the longer hours and more tours, they were concerned about elk calving and deer fawning. And that's the reason they were asking for restrictions, either um, not start till June 15th or to restrict the hours of operation from May 15th to June 15th from 10 to three. Um, I've got a related question. Um, Troy, I, I don't think Troy was done yet. Okay, I, mean, I thought Nick was going to respond to the amplified music question. Uh, yes, yes, I can do that. Um, so the amplified music cut off to 11 p.m. One, it's been a request by a lot of um, parties that have been booking with us, um, but it also kind of meets a similar standard to a couple other venues um, that also have 11 p.m. as their cutoff time. So that's 
the main reason. It's not a, a dire thing for us. Um, it would just be nice to be able to um, meet up with some of the other competition as well. So and then, <clears throat> oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to see if you could point out on your on your site map where those amplified music venues are. Let me find the page in your staff report. I could. I had that up on the screen. Ooh, yeah, bring that back up, maybe. Huh? Yeah, except I've just lost everybody. Where did we go? I don't know. So it would be page 31 of the staff report. Um, so the new proposed sites that would uh, requesting Amplified Music are labeled number 12. All of them. All of them labeled 12. Yep, so those are the proposed ones. And then the current um, Amplified Music sites are labeled number 11. So the two sites that are up in the uh, northwest corner are extremely isolated. Um, we don't have any exact plans of what we would do over there, uh, but it just as a safety barrier in case, God forbid, we do lose one of our other amplified sites. Um, the one that's kind of in the center um, is in a really beautiful aspen grove and that would be a, a absolutely stunning um, wedding venue um, to add to the area and it's smack dab in the middle of the property and it's pretty much consistent with um, being as far away from neighboring properties to the north and neighboring properties to the uh, southwest of the longs i think it's over a mile away um, between both parties so those are the proposed structures, or the, not structures, sites. And then number the number 11's, the, um, the southmost 11 is our current uh, wedding reception site. Um, is kind of how we um, market it, but we've had a lot of uh, other interesting parties as well besides weddings. Yeah, I think we've seen a lot of that on the tour. Did we not, Nick? We went up through that uh, yeah. westerly portion. Yes, yep. Yeah, that's all for now. Um, but as long as we're on the yeah, topic, the, if I may, Sorry. I just Christine, I want to confirm the amplified um, music special events condition number I, which was original, indicates that may take place outside. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm the wrong one. Um, number F, which is original. And music will occur in tents. So all amplified music takes place in tents. And that's an original, yes. I believe. So that condition yes. remains in place. Okay. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Billy, you had your hand up. Yeah, on, on the subject of the amplified areas, um, is there, does, does anybody think? Um, we should identify which can be 
um, have amplified music or not? In other words, should that be in the permit? Which ones are and which ones aren't? Chris, what do you think? Well, we have a record because of the maps that were presented to us. We can word it a little different to refer to the LAR site map if you would like to do that, amend a condition that says the amplified mu music as submitted on the map. Or the amplified sites, I should say, that were submitted on the map. But this is of record what we have in the file. Um, and Billy, I think the other thing, 11 and 11 are existing and part of the existing special use. So the addition of 12, I, I don't know how you'd unwind the old ones, but I think more importantly, the fact that they all have to be intense kind of makes my life simpler, I think. Okay, Steve, I got uh, another follow-up question to uh, what Troy uh, on the uh, uh, wildlife tours. I think on uh, item 30, um, the way it's worded, uh, there's a conflict. And I, I didn't kind of understand it until Chris uh, talked about it. But um, in one case, the first part of that, it says no tours until June 15th. And then in B, it says tours between May 15th and June 15th have other regulations. So I think I'm just gonna be reworded. To it says, or tours do not begin until June 15th or B. Does that help? Yeah, I think so. Hang on a second. I could put that on the next line to make it more clear. The or. The yeah. Yeah, I think that could just be clear. Just, yeah, just. Um, okay. Moving it would help a little bit. Thank you. Hey, Andy, you had your hand up. This who? I didn't raise my hand, Steve. You didn't. I'm sorry. Uh, I guess I missed that. Anyone else have any questions um, at this point? Oh, two. I, yeah, this is Billy. You ready for me? Sure. Okay, great. Um, I just wanted to limit my first questions to the special conditions, but uh, so I was just a little confused. Maybe just uh, Nick can um, clarify for me. That the, the number of people visiting this, uh, the, the, the venues, all of them, um, how's that going to compare in the future to the existing permit? For, for example, I mean, you're, I, I don't remember exactly what your existing permit says in terms of the number of people, but uh, I know for sure that the, the new application, you're talking about 400 people. Um, can you kind of clarify for me a little bit how many people are going to be there? So the 400 people would be only for the covered riding um, arena um, for, special, for, for special events. For all other sites, it would remain capped at the 200 person capacity. Okay. So, so with that, in regard, I have a couple of questions related to water supply and wastewater uh, treatment. Um, 
it seems like I guess I only saw something about porta potties, and um, for 400 people, it seems like how many porta potties, porta potties are you planning on bringing in for that kind of a crowd? So we actually don't use porta potties. We have purchased uh, restroom trailers. Um, we have two of them. On the women's side, there are four stalls, and on the men's side, there are two stalls plus uh, four urinals. And those one trailer, based on the capacity of what, I don't know what standard created it, uh, one trailer is good for a 500 uh, person event. And uh, all the wastewater, um, they they're all contained in themselves like an RV. They have a very large uh, wastewater storage underneath them. And we get a local vendor um, to pump them out after every event. And then they have a uh, running water inside them. There's a tanks that we just fill for people to wash their hands and flush toilets and stuff like that. So they're fully self-contained within themselves. Nice, clear answer. In terms of the uh, people working uh, at the ranch, um, or you said something about a couple, a number of staff people. So are, are the number of staff people going to change specifically with the residents um, and working people? Um, how's that going to work, Nick? Uh, staff seasonally changes. Um, in the summer, we sometimes have 10 to 12 employees from just general ranch hands. Uh, we pretty much hire everyone on as a ranch employee, um, as a ranch hand, and then they get thrown into other activities, whether it's uh, ATV tour guiding, snowmobile tour guiding, helping out with special events, anything like that. Um, so, and then we hit shoulder seasons um, and we slow down a little bit just it just kind of varies uh, right now we have five full-time employees that um, have been here long term and then right now with COVID it's been hard to actually uh, find more good employees I'm sure everyone else can testify to that so I don't know if that answers your question um kind of um as far as the um, people who aren't living there, that the ranch hands, what do you have separate porta potties that you're going to have there instead of the trailers? Uh, well, we have a lot. We have the houses at the truck at the ranch. We also have um, the temporary workforce housing units um, that we have employees that live in. And so their sanitation facilities are really anywhere on the ranch that um, has a restroom. And that's not going to change from the um, current usage? No, we're, we're not proposing any um, like permanent bathrooms or anything like that, no. So yeah, I guess my question was the number of people who are going to use wastewater facilities in the future compared to what you use them now, you're saying that doesn't change? You're going to have more, you're going to have more people there, aren't you? Working there with all the extra things? We we could potentially have more people working. It'll fluctuate, but it's not like we're going to have a huge influx of employees. Um, I, I'm kind of, I guess, confused on uh, your question with special events. What you're doing is hiring a staff to help out with that event. And it's usually maybe two to four extra people 
um, but branch employees would go home for the night. So your consistent working hour sanitation facilities wouldn't change. You're gonna have, you're gonna have more guests, or you're gonna have more tour guides, right? Yeah, but they wouldn't all be working at the same exact time. And yeah, what are you doing for um, the guests as far as wastewater facility? They use the restroom trailer for the guests do. That that's the same trailer you were talking about, um, size wise for the, the big group. Yes. Yes. So yeah, I guess that just would, that's a typical question, and it wasn't um, specifically geared to the large venue usage. It's just kind of, I think, typically the county looks like um, as you have a residential unit, you have a certain size septic tank, you add people, you need a bigger unit. Um, so I was just wondering if that was applicable here. Um, oh, I, okay. Yeah, I understand your question now. Um, no, it shouldn't because we wouldn't be bringing in any more employees to specific dwellings to be able to use the restroom. Um, they would be confined to using the restroom trailer or be using um, their specific units for housing. Gotcha. Well, that's so good. we wouldn't be over, over capacity on anything. And then we use a local service that will come and pump out the trailer when we need it. Well, that's a good clarification. Thank you. Um, so um, I have one other question I, and it could be for anybody, maybe for Chris. Um, I know typically we have some kind of clause on the special conditions about the, uh, the color of the structures. And I, I didn't happen to see that anywhere in here. Is that, did I miss that? Or is that something that we, we probably want to think about adding? The, which structures? Because the special events like for weddings are intense. So they're temporary. The others, um, I mean, it's it, the arena. We can ask uh, Nick about that, but it's my my understanding is a it's an ag looking building, and so are the um, uh, accessory buildings that they're calling mom and dad's place. They're the whole. It's all a Western type theme, unless unless something has changed, Nick, and he can answer that question. Well, no, nothing's changed there. We'd like to stick with the same motif of keeping everything that ranch style heritage that um, we live out here. Um, it's, not, it's not like it's going to be big and pink. Um, be weird, <laughs> well, but. Yeah, I'm just, I bring it up just because I thought it was kind of a fairly standard clause that we put in special conditions and I didn't see where it would certainly uh, affect anything we're doing. We're just asking that, you know, the colors, that uh, arena is pretty huge, you know, 100 feet by 200 feet. You know, <laughs> if you paint it in an ugly color that didn't blend in, that might. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, that's my question. And we can talk about whether you want to add that or not later. Thank you. That's all I got. We have uh, Roberta, yep. Linda, and also who else has their hand up here? I think and Greg. Greg. Greg's Greg. Greg. Yep. Okay. I can't tell who is the longest, so ladies first. Roberta. Thank you. Um, I just have a question. Maybe Chris can answer it. It relates to the CPW um, 
memo on the, restri the restricted hours between May 15th and June 15th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. I'm assuming that, you know, they called out ATV tours and horseback riding. It seemed to me that a wedding with amplified music might also be a problem, but I don't know if they mentioned that at all uh, or if we should be concerned about it. They, they didn't mention, they were more concerned about the tours and I believe that's because one, one is motorized and two are you're actually moving in and out of areas on the ranch. The special events are designated to one certain area. So they did not mention the events, it was just the tours. Do we know? Just a is comment there... on, oops. Sorry. I, was just, I just wondered if there's specific elk crossing, you know, areas on the property that you already know about that, that the tents are gonna uh, void. I do not know so of areas. With, yeah, with the elk migration, it's, they are creatures of habit, but it's hard to pin it down um, on exactly when and where they're going to move. Um, but with the, those hours that they're restricting for the tours, wedding season here in Route County doesn't usually start until June 15th. Um, and that's because of our weather patterns. It's very, very rare for people to do an outdoor wedding in May, um, especially mid-May when it's a mucky mess. Um, so I think that's one of the could, it might just be one of the things CPW doesn't even think about because people usually don't have outdoor events in our area at that time. Okay. Greg, you had your hand up, I believe. Yeah, thank you. Um, so Question about parking. I don't see any uh, parking areas uh, located on the site map. So I was just kind of wondering where you're parking uh, for uh, all these events. I know, I mean, obviously there's going to be caterers and different things like that that aren't uh, going to, that I'm not really concerned about. I'm more concerned about the 400 guests. And uh, if there's a capacity, if you're going to be limiting, the amount of people that can park there, especially for the event tours and that kind of stuff. I, it seems like uh, if you only have, and do you only have one 14 person shuttle or do you have more than that? Um, and just how many people are gonna be kind of coming into this area on a 400 uh, person event? And then what are your expectations for uh, your special events as well? Are people just, going by themselves. I, obviously, you'll offer something, but something like Saddleback with their um, uh, uh, tubing and stuff like that, it seems like, you know, there, there's a big parking area. And I just wanted to see what your capacity was. Um, so in the existing conditions of approval for special events, it requires us to have a shuttle service. Um, it looks like Chris added uh, some language in on page 17 of the staff report um, under condition 18 note G um, shuttle service to the site is required to uh, for all special event guests caterers musicians wedding party and special exceptions 
are uh, not part of the shuttle service. So for special events, that's what we have to require. And that's what we've been requiring. So you'd have shuttle services for your guests. Um, for the 400 person capacity, that's a rare event. You're, you're very rarely going to hit that capacity. Those are going to be um, rarely weddings are going to be that big. Um, your average wedding right now is about 170 ish people. Um, so those would be more for your uh, conference style events or um, educational seminars and stuff like that. But they would also be required to have the shuttle service uh, with re um, respects to our shuttles. We actually, we have three 14 passenger shuttles, um, but we don't use those to transport um, people to and from town um, for special events um, usually. Okay. Yeah, I kind of read the condition as saying that you have to provide it, but does that mean that they have to use it? So uh, I, I appreciate that clarification that they do have to uh, abide by using the shuttle and they can't use their own personal vehicles there. Um, and then you did a really good job with kind of explaining the numbers that you had um, for operation of hours. I was wondering if you had any kind of uh, how you came up with the number of uh, 25 for uh, your special events and uh, then your seasonal events with the amount of people that you're asking would equal 240 each uh, day, basically. So how did you come up with those numbers? Um, so the numbers for the 25 events per year, uh, that was uh, negotiated in the original permit. Um, we split the original asking, I think it was 50 and just split it in half. So that's how we came up with the 25 and we've just stuck there and we're not going to, we don't plan on changing that. Um, with the seasonal events, uh, we just, uh, went in with meeting with Chris and we just kind of spitballed some ideas and the way we came up with those numbers, um, was just more based on how a capacity would work. So say for the haunted hayride or the haunted house, hay maze or haunted hayride, um, our hayrides are about 20 people. Um, we can fit in the back of one of our vintage grain trucks from the, uh, 1950s, um, and then you could put 20 people in a hay maze, 20 people inside the haunted house, but they would obviously wouldn't be in there all at once. Um, so we just kind of figured that out and it would just be, they could be there for a couple hours and they'd have a set ticket and then they'd have to leave. Um, <clears throat> so that's how we kind of came up with those numbers. Um, I honestly don't know. It's so hard to really state how those would really work without doing a mock trial with them at first, so. Perfect, and then I just have one last one. Um, with the uh, special events, are you considering that to be one day, a weekend, a whole week, a month? Uh, any kind of limitations on what 25 uh, special events, how long that would actually occur? So the special events, um, I think it's in one of the conditions as well, uh, that it states that we can only do one special event per week. So the, with the seasonal events, those don't classify under the special events. Um, those would be 
a new thing. And then the special events would be one per week is how we could do it for the 25 events. So could you have a conference for a whole week then? Is that kind of, you, you could have 400 people every single day for one special event potentially? Yeah, we never went through that in the first process. You're the <laughs> no, first one didn't. to um, bring that question up. <laughs> so that's a that's a very good um, discussion that I guess we would kind of have to, I guess, maybe roundtable. Because um, you could potentially have a conference of or educational seminar of 400 people for a week. Um, yeah, I guess that's a good discussion. Okay. Thank you. Actually, is that true? Because wouldn't the hours kick in? And so, I mean, look at a day to me would be considered an event. You follow what I'm saying? It's I mean, a good that, discussion. Yeah. Uh, who else had? Oh, um, Linda, did you have your hand up? I, I think tell. most of my questions have been answered, but I did have a question, again, getting back to the uh, special event. I think, Nick, you said um, you anticipated a request at the level of 400 uh, to be unusual. Can you just tell us um, at this point uh, what the number of, whether they were weddings or whatever they were, what the number of special events were that uh, you have been able to host um, that have been in, in that range up to 200 in the last year, for instance? Uh, in the last year, uh, technically zero uh, because due to COVID. But before that, we've we've done three or two weddings and a um kind of mixer with local vendors out here um one wedding was 145 the other was about 180 okay um, and then we have bookings um for next year already coming in and they're averaging around that 150 range okay any other questions at this point uh, Bill, you got your hand up. Sorry. Yeah, I got a question for uh, Nicholas uh, <clears throat> on uh, condition of approval number 27 going over to the uh, uh, first aid and CPR. Uh, just uh, something we've not done before, but I was wondering, Nick, if you had considered uh, or do you know about uh, uh, woofer certifications? Uh, like the wildlife outdoors. Um, exactly. I, I uh -huh. am, yeah, I am um, aware of those. I am, am trained as an EMT. I'm no longer certified. Um, and one of our employees is going through his EMT classification um, this year to become a firefighter. So uh, we do have um, life-saving uh, support out here. Uh, but everyone, yeah, just knows pretty much most all other employees know basic first aid and CPR. Gotcha. Well, where I was going with it, you know, I went all the way up to paramedic myself and 
at the college listening to what they're doing with the uh, wilderness uh, uh, rescue operations. It's, it's way, uh, way out there. And the, your remote location would just about justify one of the first ones to, uh, would it be a consideration on your part to have something like that on your site? Yeah, it's definitely nice to have someone that has that uh, specific training. Uh, me no longer being certified, it kind of takes away from that. But being having the training background, it does help. Um, yeah, Oak Creek Fire is about a 15-minute drive out here, um, unless we met him at the 179. And it depends on what side of the property you're on, really, of which spots we can meet him if we needed EMS. That's exactly where I was going, because I, I talked to them today up at the college, and they said that uh, uh, you're right on the cusp of uh, what they recommend, a one-hour uh, response time. And uh, if, if a person could get from Oak Creek with an ambulance, and then they go by a four-wheeler up to uh, a site where you were at a river and you had to cross the river, then up a cliff, they were considering the hour time to get to a person and the training it would take for an EMT. I never had that training and some of the rescue work on the river. It's just, it, it was a consideration. I'm not requesting that, but at the same time, I just, you know, had, had you considered it at all is it's really easy training and it's in between the uh, first aid and the EMT. So it's not, quite mm -hmm. all that much for EMT three months, but uh, uh, if you get a couple, three weeks in for a woofer, I think it would really benefit the I don't disagree there. That's all. It was just a suggestion. That's all I have. Thank you, Bill. Uh, Andy? Andy, did you have your hand up? Yeah, I did. Sorry, I forgot to unmute myself. Thank you. <laughs> uh, my question is along the lines of water usage. Um, how do you fill any of your temporary um, locations, whether that be for sanitation or for consumption? Uh, we have multiple wells throughout the property um, that we're able to pull from to uh, use that water user. It's maybe 150 to 200 gallons at a time. So it's nothing major that the, uh, that puts any stress on the wells. And plus all, all the wells out here are way over designed for capacity. Are they permitted for this type of usage? Not that I know of. Um, we had that come up in the previous uh, permit processing, but um, it, nothing really came of it. Don't they? Is there usually a restriction if there's going to be on the well? For example, 
I don't think today that you'll get a well that will allow you to sprinkle the lawn. So, I mean, it's in the form of a restriction. So that's probably the other way of, you know, asking the question. Yeah, I mean, I know, you know, this obviously wouldn't be the first time we had a agricultural use um, that would be utilizing a water source. Um, it just seems like there's a little bit larger scale maybe on some of these that we're talking about. Um, and then do you have, I think along like what Bill Norris's lines were, um, an emergency response, you know, plan of any time? You know, I agree. Yes, I could make the ranch in 15 minutes, although that'd be rallying pretty hard on that road um, coming out mm -hmm. of Oak Creek. I just had a recent uh, incident where it took longer than 15 minutes really to get a response in the town of Oak Creek. And so, you know, I would agree with Bill where he said it's probably more closer to an hour, maybe 45 minutes response time. Um, your access is obviously, I'll be honest with you, is my only really concern about this particular application is the condition of that road. So the road condition is in very, very good shape. Um, all the roads on the property are old mining roads um, that have been updated. Uh, and we're continually updating any major access roads as well for lots of different applications, one of them being safety as well. Um, so over on the east side of the property, um, the north road down to the lower mine road, um, that was a really old engineered road and it gets graded multiple times per year. So access over there from 179 is very um, good and easy. Um, access from County Road 29 um, to any of the field accesses to the ranch headquarters or to the main crossing for the tours is very easily accessible. And then uh, the one spot that is uh, of concern for really anyone where we're gonna have our most potential um, for issues um, is coming up. Um, so road number eight on the map there, there's a road that goes into this upper hayfield there. Um, it's still a good road. Um, you can get an ambulance up there. Um, but if we're in the middle of the property, there's another access over by 13, which is a staging area, which is also another road. And there's a really good wide easement, but we, uh, the power line company came through and kind of destroyed the road last year. Um, so this uh, spring is something where we have to go and practically rebuild that road. So it's a good road again, but they're all, everything is accessible. Um, the west side of the property is a little bit more remote than the east side of the property. And we do have a emergency action plan as well. Greg, you want to, your hand is up, I think. And yeah. Andy, were you done? I'm assuming. Yeah, that's satisfactory for now. Okay. Thank you. One more quick question about uh, your uh, Christmas lighting. Is that going to be seen off of uh, 131? I, I would assume it would be seen from uh, 20, 29 or 25, 20, 29. Uh, well, about uh, 179 as well. And kind of uh, just talk us through the lighting and what you'd plan on doing that. 
So for the lighting, it's we haven't really fully planned it. It was just an idea that we threw out. Um, Christmas growing up, we used to do some really awesome, lavish light stuff uh, at our house. Um, so it'd be cool to just be able to do something here. And then also the zoo lights in Arizona um, from where I grew up was always fun to do. So it's just an option. We don't really have a main plan. But if you take County Road 179, um, it's I think it's a, about 200 foot elevation difference going up from 179 to North Road. So you would absolutely not see any lights from County Road 179 or um, State Highway 131. You would see the lights from County Road 29. Um, and the idea around that kind of sleigh ride experience or walking tour would be put it out in one of our um, accessible hay fields, groom the trail, and just have uh, a nice um, a nice tour to be able to check out some really nice Christmas lights. Thank you. That's it. Any other, Troy, your hand back up, I think. Yeah, because of the uh, most recent um, issues that came up with B and Bs, and on that petition, we were advised that the state of Colorado and their wells would require a different type of well it's kind of related to Andy Benjamin's, I think's question. Um, and I know we have a condition that says that the petitioner will need to uh, obtain or comply with all necessary permitting. Chris, did, uh, did you send a uh, referral to Division of Water Resources? Um, I have to look, but I don't think uh, I, I don't think so. But I think part of this is that one is that the water's not used being used for potable water. They're not drinking this water. All water is coming in from the caterers, or if they're on a different tour, that water is bottled. It's purchased from the store and bottled. So there's no drinking water being given to the guests that comes from the ranch. Now, filling the portalettes, I don't know. We'd have to check on that. Well, I'll toss it out there. I don't know if anybody else feels that uh, it should be checked in with Division of Water Resources to delineate between presumably the domestic well permits that are on the ranch compared to a commercial well. Um, so anyway, I, I think that I'll leave open-ended for now. Um, thank you. Okay. Um, I think I'll turn it over to a Steve, public comment. Steve, can you see my hand? I don't. Oh, well. But hang on, no, it's not up actually. Okay, um, I can see you on my screen. I, I got a couple more questions for you, uh, or maybe for Nick, um, specifically the question about uh, I'm driving 
everybody to the site and shuttle vehicles. Um, I guess maybe he could provide some more information about how that might really work. Um, if he's got three, um, he mentioned that he had three um, shuttle vehicles and they take 14 people apiece. And I was just thinking, um, depending on how long it takes to get from uh, the ranch to Steamboat, where they'd be picking people up, um, you know, how many trips does, does that take if you figure that each winning party maybe has two people? So 400 people coming up, total 200 vehicles, you know, parking, they got to put those people in the shuttle, shuttles. I just was wondering how he did the math about how long it would take to get all those people up. You know, if he's got to shuttle everybody, that seems like a long time for those people to get up. So Nick, how do you uh, so our our shuttle service isn't for hire for transporting guests to and from uh, the wedding sites. They would hire Storm Peak um, Express, uh, Go Alpine, or other uh, shuttle services um, companies. So I think the largest bus that I know of is a 50 passenger bus that's in a local shuttle service. Um, so that's, they would hire a, a, a third party company to uh, be their transportation. Well, that's a good clarification that uh, you're gonna have the, the shuttles provided by somebody else and they can see if you get enough shuttles, that thing will work out for you. Uh, another question for you, uh, has to do those remote sites, you know, and, and your explanation about having this uh, trailer vehicle with multiple uh, units and water supply. Um, how do you how do you deal with those remote sites in terms of uh, water and wastewater? Are you speaking in reference to the special events remote well, sites? I, I don't know the specifics of what you call which, but the, for example, if you have a wedding site that's quite a ways away from your main facility. Um, you know, 150 people at one of these remote sites. I just was wondering how you handled water and wastewater. So water and wastewater, um, say it's a special event that's in a remote site for drinking water. Um, usually they would bring in a bunch of five gallon jugs for their potable water source, but for in reference to sanitation and our trailer units, um, once the event's done, if it's too far away for a pump truck to get to it, we just hook it up to a truck like you would your camper and haul it back to the HQ and someone can come and pump it up there. That would explain how you get rid of it, but uh, what are they going to use? They're going to have porta potties at the site or what? It would still be the trailer units. Um, okay. The trailer restrooms is what would be used. Gotcha. Okay. So you're going to bring one of those trailers to the wedding site. Yes, and all roads are accessible um, with a trucker trailer, really even a tractor trailer. Good, that's another clarification. Thank you. Steve, that's all I got. Okay. Um, I don't see any other hands at this point in time, so I'd like to open it up to public for comment. Um, However, unless I'm missing, Sarah, are there anybody, uh, anybody else here that I'm not aware of? No. 
Okay, uh, hearing nothing from the public in the way of comment, I'll close the public session. Um, I think maybe the best way to approach this, um, I'm gonna go through the items of discussion. I may pick and choose a little bit the order, but what I'd like to do is draw comments, call it a bit of a round table, but I think in an effort to um, in an effort to keep it organized, I'd like to kind of go through these items and draw from those who wish to comment on them uh, a comment. And if there is no comment, the silence serves as the response. If that works for people. Sure, Steve, Good. I just wanted to make one comment um, to address something that came up before. Um, being that obviously this is a 2,700 acre parcel plus, um, and this was um, in response to one of Billy's comments, just for all of you regarding visual mitigation. Um, the standard you typically see in permit applications is something that you will see when visual impacts are, are an issue. For so, so something like this, um, they are not built into this SUP permit, but if you all felt differently, you always have the ability to put on some visual mitigation sort of conditions. Okay. So I just wanted to put that out there. Perfect, thank you. Um, bullet point number two, increased number of events, seasonal events, haunted house, hay maze and winter lights. Does anybody have any comments that they would like to make on that? Um, and if so, now's the time. Steve, what page is that on? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm on page eight. Andy had his hand up first and then Greg also. Andy? You know, the, I think the discussion kind of um, trends into um, the, you know, the, the scale of the use. And I think that the property is large enough um, to handle kind of the capacities that they're talking about. I think the permit boundary being extend, expanded, um, they have plenty of room out there. I'm, I'm relatively familiar with this uh, particular location. I drive this road often when I go to the west side of Steamboat. Um, and Nicholas, I did put up for you a image of um, a bear from the Phoenix Zoo Lights. That would have been just last year. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're amazing. Um, Greg, you had your hand up? Yeah, to me, I just wanted to kind of comment more so than, and with the discussion part. For the haunted house and the winter lights, kind of with having needed shuttle services and trying to limit traffic as much as possible around there, I find to be a max of 80 people, especially with three shuttles of 14, you know, I don't see how that logistically, you'd have to get some bigger units. And the biggest one, you know, uh, you're saying you could have is uh, 
probably that you would probably even purchase would be 50. So I, I feel like 60 to 80 seems a little high and excessive. And with the three shuttles times 14, that would be 42. So like 40 to 60 people, I kind of can see how that logistically would be runnable to do that three times uh, in, in a day or limit the amount of uh, times that uh, instead of three, maybe two. So those are just my comments on that. Yep. Anyone else? Two participants, Greg. Am I able to make a comment? Absolutely. Um, I'm just trying to um, keep track of who's got their hand raised. Go ahead, Andy. Uh, yeah, so with, sorry, with reference sorry, to the Nick. shuttles, oh, yep. um, we could um, we could definitely use an outside source like Go Alpine or something like that to increase uh, their shuttle capacity to be able to handle more people with less vehicular traffic on the county road. Okay, thank you. Troy, your hand is up. Yes. I guess I'm unmuted. Yep, you are. Well, my concern with uh, the new, I think the number 12s are new sites for amplified music. And I, I don't, I'm not sure I like being that remote and blaring music until 11 o'clock at night. Um, and Steve made a comment about it's in a tent. Well, I'm not sure those are enclosed or a circus tent. I, I'm not sure what the definition is, but it's all surrounded wildlife. And um, it seems like we have the headquarters and a lot of stuff now going on around that headquarters. And I agree with Andy, I mean, it's a very big site. It's very remote. I don't think we have neighbor issues, but I'm concerned about wildlife issues. And I'm a little bit disappointed, you know, with, um, with CPW's response. Um, and maybe we take that at face value. Maybe it's, if the CPW knows that we're amplifying music up there in what I would perceive to be somewhat wildlife habitat. Um, I don't know. It, it seems like this operation in total has now amped up, you know, quite a bit. And, uh, you know, the number of people, the number of, uh, the number of uh, allowed events, you know, this is, um, I think it's jumping from what originally was perhaps a relatively low key based upon number of acres and location to now, I almost perceive that this is, is ratcheting up now to a significant uh, venue and I'm trying to look at it through those eyes that if we're going to ratchet this thing up that much, 
I'm a little bit hesitant to accept, you know, that there's, there's no impacts. So without being specific right now, I'll just leave it as my round table, I guess. Yeah. And I'm, it's fine. And you know what, I'm going to abandon my original thoughts in terms of going through the line items one by one. I just, why we, I'm going to promote just going up and do a round table. However, what I would ask is that as I call upon each of you, you have in front of you um, the items to be discussed or possible items, I should say, and kind of go through that list. And I'd like to hear what jumps out at you as being concerned. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I think it does. So with that thought, um, Billy, we'll start with you. Yeah, I'd like to follow up with uh, Troy's comment out about the music and Rebecca. See, uh, I think we could relatively easily um, make the existing item number 30 a, a lot better by making the addition, um, the, the addition that it's not just the tours, um, but during the, you know, the restricted period of, um, May 15th to June 15th. Um, maybe we could, we could make that more specific that the tours and something um, shall be conducted with a certain time frame. I guess uh, what, was, what was suggested uh, was uh, amplified music. So tours and amplified music, like we could add that. That's, that's a round table point relative to uh, the music subject. Um, the other part of the music subject is um, to follow up on that is um, what Troy said about the animal wildlife impacts. I like the idea of addressing that somehow. I mean, again, the simple solution is acoustic, um, you know, instead of amplifying. Uh, and I guess the last thing on that item 30 would be uh, tents. I mean, I think anybody's been near a tent where there's a wedding party even if it's screened and it's amplified, you can hear that pretty well, even though you're not, you know, you'd have to go a long way away to think that the tent makes a whole lot of difference. So um, that's, that's one round table issue and I'll wait till we get to the other ones. Okay, um, Greg. Uh, I think Troy brought up some good points for the wildlife. Um, the amplified music, uh, you know, I, I kind of agree that, you know, going past 10 doesn't seem that much of a hindrance for weddings or anything in, in that regards. Um, have concerns, you know, about the amount of shuttles, uh, just with the limit of how many, you know, shuttle services there are around town and how many big events there are. It seems like if we are saying that they have to have shuttle services, but the biggest, and there's only maybe one or two in the county that has a 50 person shuttle that that seems like uh, it could potentially with the limits that we have for the people uh, be excessive for uh, the amount of traffic that's going in and out of there each day. 
Um, and then I would say with the uh, Amplified, that'd be kind of the same thing with the Christmas lights for wildlife. Uh, just kind of debating back and forth uh, if that would be permissible or not. I, I'm all right with the Haunted Mansion and the, the maze part of it um, outside of the, the shuttle services, just trying to limit that as much as possible. Okay. Um, Brian. He's been missing. Ooh. I think we lost him a while ago. I can't tell. Um, well, then we'll move on. Andy, as long as you're on. All right. Um, uh, the change in hours of operation for Amplified Music. Um, I'm not sure if the 10 or 11 is consistent with other applications that we've approved in the past. I'd like to try and keep it um, consistent with those. Um, you know, when it comes to the wildlife concern, I'll be honest with you, I see way more wildlife on 131 than I actually see on uh, 29. The buffalo definitely outnumber the elk, like five to one out there. Um, you know, the increased events um, and the additional special events, events proposed in the covered arena. Again, um, you know, when we talk about impact, um, the, the impact that the use has, I think the size can handle it. I, I agree somewhat with Troy that this is definitely kind of um, picking it up a notch um, compared to the previous application. Uh, the nighttime lighting associated with the winter lighting event, if it's of the vein of the zoo lights, um, they'll be outshone by the lights from the mine, <laughs> which are just on the ridge of the overway. That's way brighter. So I'm not super worried about that in my personal opinion. Increasing days of operation, that seems, um, I mean, ranches are seven days a week. The hours, as long as it's consistent with what we've done in the past, I'm good with that. Um, when it comes to the snowmobile tours, I have noticed before some uh, times where the road gets plowed across with the cat to make some kind of easy access. I don't know if that's 100% up to par with what the county wants, but if the county allows those crossings to be you know, constructed periodically, I'm all good with it. Um, the proposed request for administrative approval, uh, I probably wouldn't support that. I think this is those are the ones we kind of need to see coming back with the changes. CPW, going back to kind of Troy's comment, I think maybe their lack of comment is speaking. I don't know. I thought they would have maybe been a little bit forceful um, and I would have expected a little more wildlife interactions. Um, and then the final one, the Environmental Department of Health, you know, whatever they have going on, I'm sure that'll be followed by the applicant. So those are kind of my quick comments on the issues for discussion. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, Roberta. Um, I agree with Andy that the 
I'm not a big fan of amplified music at night, but I think this site is huge. And so as long as we're consistent, I agree that we should be consistent in our permitting. So I don't know how to phrase that when it comes to conditions, but uh, maybe that's something that uh, the staff could look into. Um, I was satisfied in terms of the, uh, the noise impacts on wildlife if, if in fact they don't actually have weddings in May and June uh, or to June 15, you know, before June 15th. So as long as that's the case, I was satisfied with the applicant's um, answer on that. And maybe one suggestion would be to have a condition that said no weddings until June 15th. If that's consistent with their practice and that would solve the problem with the, the elk calving, et cetera. Um, on the snowmobile tours, if they're not running them until nine o'clock at night, I would suggest that that condition be changed to be 7 a.m. to sunset, whatever sunset is. And in terms of administrative review, I'm, uh, I, I actually think that the planning director should be able to uh, make a decision as to whether or not something is important enough to bring back to the planning commission. So I'm okay with administrative review. Thank you. Um, go back to your condition. You talked about the snowmobiles. So then you would, you'd prefer to see the hours limited. I think the petitioner actually talked about that. Yeah, they said Just, it was gets too cold and they don't do it yeah, anymore. Yeah, they don't run at night, okay. Christine, you can be thinking about how to include that perhaps. Um, hey, Steve, does that make it kind of self-limiting in its own way? I think it does, um, yes. And it, now it gets down to, um, if you're comfortable with the petitioner and the manner in which he runs his operations, then it really doesn't need to be talked about, if I'm thinking correctly. Uh, Linda. I agree that the hours um, of operation for the amplified music, uh, the consistency with, with what has been done in the past, which I obviously don't know is important. Um, it does seem to me that the fact that uh, most events that would have amplified music, it sounds like would not occur until the summer months. And so the impact on wildlife is uh, not as significant as it would be both at the time of calving and fawning and uh, and also a concern I have, which is, um, and, and again, I'm kind of surprised CPW doesn't address the stress issue in the winter of stressing uh, these herd animals with snowmobile tours. 
but they apparently have not raised that. And since it doesn't sound like there would be amplified music during the winter months, uh, perhaps that's not going to be an issue. Um, the haunted house, uh, I think is uh, an appropriate increase and, and is a seasonal event that is limited obviously by the season itself. Same thing with the winter lights. And I think those are seem to be um, doable. I also like the idea that, I mean, those are somewhat oriented towards where most of the buildings and the operation of the ranch exist as opposed to being remote. So I think that makes sense. Um, the additional special event areas, the pole barn pavilions, I mean, obviously the barns themselves are, are a use that, that are part of, of operating an agricultural, um, you know, operating the ranch itself. So the question is, should they, if they're built, should they be allowed to be used for special event areas? And I think based on the original uh, permit, those would just be providing um, sort of another venue where that could happen. I do have a problem with 400 people event in the covered arena. Um, I just think 400 people is too many people. Um, I don't think that is an agritour. I think that that's a large commercial event. And so um, I, I would have a problem increasing the number up to 400. Um, I think if they want to use the covered arena for a 200 person event, uh, it again is a site that could be used for that. But uh, I, I have problems with 400 person event. The, you know, one potential uh, way to address it would be to say that um, if they feel they really want um, to be able to offer an event at that size, 25 a year would not be appropriate. So to maybe leave the 200 event or 200 person event uh, in place, but to have no more than say 10, 400 person events. I know that at this point, Nick has said pretty unlikely, but I don't think we can assume that. Um, <clears throat> apparently the uh, desire of, you know, people as a whole to be able to get out into um, out into Colorado as a whole has been amplified by COVID. And so the potential to have people wanting to have these large events at the ranch might actually go up as opposed to down. And I really have concerns with the idea of that uh, at 400 people, that's just too many. Um, it sound and and I I would defer to the to the members who've actually seen this area, the um, proposed uh, staging sites where there would be the additional amplified music sites. While they seem extremely remote and and we've talked about some of the issues that that might present, it sounds like um, 
those issues can be addressed. Um, so I'm not as concerned about sites. I think they're listed as the number 12 sites. Uh, it seems like those can be addressed. Um, they can get adequate sanitation facilities there. Uh, the idea of the amplified music staying, maybe keeping it at the 10 o'clock uh, cutoff time would address those additional sites. The nighttime lighting for the winter lighting event, it's such a, a short period of time, I don't see that as being a significant problem. Uh, I think increasing days of operation uh, is fine. I think the hours of operation that have been discussed where the snowmobile tours are self-limited by how cold it gets, uh, that should operate fine. On the proposed request for administrative approval to amend the permit boundary, uh, I, I think that that makes some sense, but I, my concern would be that there would have to be public notice and neighbor notice. And I don't know if that does or doesn't occur with administrative approval. If it does not, then I would not wanna see administrative approval. If it does occur, uh, then I think that could be handled administratively. But I think the, the real issue is to make sure when we're talking about adding a large amount of property, you suddenly have new property holders who've never really probably thought about the impact of this at all. Um, and if, uh, if suddenly the size of the operation shrinks, that creates its own issues that uh, you know, we may have permitted too much for what will be a shrinking um, property. And so those are things that I think neighbors should have the, certainly the opportunity to be heard on. Um, we've already talked about CPW restriction. I think that makes perfect sense as obviously the environmental uh, health department so those would be my thoughts. Very good, thank you. Um, Bill Norris. There he is, on the mute button. I'm uh, quick and short, I'm uh, in agreement with all bullet points except number one. I think it's, uh, uh, we need to stick with uh, the previous hours intensity of use out there. I think we're, we're fine with the area. It's big and uh, we're not setting a precedence by moving uh, all these things into that area. We've done it in several different places and I'm okay with the amount of people in these areas. I, I think that there's a couple other bigger places that would have huge horse shows uh, like uh, uh, Sydney Pink or the Adams Ranch where they do the dog and pony show. And We've hosted uh, all over the county, lots and lots of uh, wedding sites. I think that uh, um, the hours of operation should uh, contain these people to uh, a way of getting them out of there. I, I think we talked about it before that uh, the roads at 11 o'clock and 12 o'clock at night, big uh, uh, buses trying to leave an area of this sort. I just can't see it. The earlier that we can get this closed up and people out of there, I'd be 
I'm more in favor of. So number one is the only one I was in disagreement with. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Bill. Um, based on my notes, it would appear to me that for sure on bullet point number one, um, the amplified music is an issue. Frankly, I concur. Um, I think it should remain unchanged. Um, I took the liberty of pulling up the minutes from the Board of County Commissioners meeting in September of 2017, I guess it was. And I still recall, um, I think it was Doug Monger made the comment, having guitar players out there at 11 o'clock at night, he just didn't see that working at all. Um, and I have a tendency to agree with him. And my sense is, based on the comments from the petitioner, I'm not sure that that was that big of an issue with him. Uh, I do not have a problem, however, with amplified music in some of those remote sites because the same condition that was originally placed on the site continues to exist, and that is amplified music has to be within a tent. So to that extent, I'm good with that. Um, in terms of the increased events, particularly the seasonals, I think that's fine. I think it would be a welcome addition to the area and something for the residents of Steamboat and guests to enjoy. Um, the additional, sub and I'm gonna roll additional special event areas. Having been on the tour, there, and as has been noted on more than one occasion, there's a lot of property here. And the, the, the pole barn pavilions, uh, mom and dad's retreats, you know, we kind of looked at representative samples of those and they're, Kind of remind me of covered roofs in a picnic grove. So to that extent, I'm good. Um, I've already talked about events and proposed in the covered area. I, I want to come back to a comment that Troy made, and this kind of dovetails into, I think, number bullet point number four, um, in terms of the increased levels of activity. At least in terms of the special events, there's no change from what was previously permitted. It was 25 events in the original approval and it's still 25. I will admit, I think that the increased level of, of activities are more due to the ranch tours and the sleigh rides and the horseback riding and the ATV tours and the snowmobiles. However, um, I've, I'm sensitive to the fact that the competition in the county has got those kinds of tours, ours, number one. And number two, as noted by Nick, um, the 7 a.m. or the, the Agritour business, I wrote it down, um, does in fact support the hours that he's requesting. So I was okay with that. I totally, can, I'm gonna, let's see, hours, that was fine. Um, I wanna go back up, I guess it's part of, it would be part of the um, um, events in the proposed covered area. More than one commissioner has talked about the number in that, i.e. the 400. Uh, I would concur. I think 400 is probably A, pushing the limit. B, it may not even be realistic, but 
I'd advocate remaining at the 200 level. However, and I, I'll yield a bit to staff. I'm just curious if there was a way that um, some type of a special permit could be applied for administratively if in the off chance uh, an event was actually wanted to be booked for 400. And if that's a possibility that would kind of solve the problem. I don't think the petitioner actually believes that 400 is going to be a normal course of event. Um, I think is 200 makes some sense and based on what has happened there so far, 200 more than covers it. By the same token, that's not to say that some type of conference or event could take place needing 400. And at that point in time, maybe it's something we would consider particularly as a one-time event. I just don't know how to structure that. And I would yield to either Chris or Christy to see if that can be somehow addressed. Um, I'm good with the CPW. Um, their recommendations are the recommendations and they have a lot more experience, at least I know they do a lot more experience in the impacts of these types of venues on the wildlife. Um, this isn't the first venue and I'm sure it won't be the last, but I, I have to yield. I mean, they truly are the experts and they were offered, you know, the opportunity to comment, they provide the comments. So I'd run with that. Um, obviously the environmental health department has their issues and I totally concur with that. That of my expectation will be a, become a standard on a going forward basis for some period of time. And then uh, the last one was, I have a tendency to echo Lindo's comments, Linda's comments. It isn't so much about the change in the size of the operation from an acreage standpoint, it's the ability to notify the public. And I don't know, again, I'll yield to Christy or Chris. I think when it becomes administrative, I think you're obligated to notify or post a legal notice on the, in the paper. But do you, are you obligated to notify adjoining property owners? Um, we are, yes. You are, oh. Mm -hmm. So we follow administrative permits follow the same, have the same noticing requirements. It just depends on the level of review, which would depend on the time frame of that, of like oh, okay. meeting publishing noticing requirements. But yes, we do send adjacent property owner notifications. Uh, the property is posted um, and it is also advertised in the paper. Well, then I'm a bit more comfortable with that because I think it's, it goes without saying under any administrative application, staff has the ability to move it up. That's correct. If it chooses to, yeah. And I have enough faith and comfort level in the, in they thought there was something out there that really ought to be brought to our attention, they would do so. So to Absolutely. that extent, then I'm okay with that. Um, Christy, as long as I had you, if we talked for just a minute, is there an option for the commissioners to add a condition on this 400 headcount issue? And if so, how would that look or where would we do it or how could we do it without getting crazy? I mean, maybe that's an administrative review issue. Um, it is, and I mean, another, you touched on this before, 
the applicant would have the ability to apply for a special event permit Thank outside you. of the SUP up to two times per calendar year. That works for me. I like that. Um, okay. And I think, Steve, let me, um, do you care if I pulled up the, the conditions of approval instead of what I have on the screen now? Uh, hold on just one minute. Okay. Nope, go ahead. Sorry, yes. What I wanted to show was in this, maybe will help with Linda's. Um, um, concerns, let me make sure. Okay, can you see the um, conditions of approval on there? Yep. Yes. Okay. So for for Linda, maybe to help her at the very end. It, it, this was a condition that I drafted that may help with the administrative, if something, the administrative approval, because we adjusted a little bit, but it, it, dis, it discusses that when it comes back, we would notify, and that if no comments are received after 10 days, we'll grant administrative approval. But if we do receive them and they can't be mitigated, we would bump it up to planning commission. And then we say, said, and then as part of our other comments that she had, if a lease holding larger than 35 acres is not renewed or any private property owned by Lucky 8 Ranch is sold, the application for amendment to special use permit must be approved. So if this was just some wording that maybe might help you with that administrative request um, by Lucky 8. And um, I, it, it kind of touches on what Linda had her concerns about. So maybe that language here would help if you guys decide to accept this. I won't speak for Linda, but I, the work, I'd say it works for me. And it's just that suggested language. So, um, right. and, and, and like, Christy just said it would go through a, a process. We just clarified 10 days instead of 21, and it doesn't have to be 10 days. We could uh, change that um, to just more time if, if you think that's appropriate. Uh, my personal opinion, I would try to remain somewhat consistent um, in the administrative review process. So if it's 21 days, it's 21 days. And then to answer a couple other things, Christy just sent me the permit for La Jolla, which is one of our wedding events. Um, their project plan includes, um, there shall be no more than three events with up to 400 guests and up to 21 events with up to 250 guests. Their hours of operation shall be conducted between 7 a.m. and midnight, seven days per week. They can be all year long. What I'm looking for was hours for seven, music. Seven to midnight. What, but was that for um, music that's amplified? Oh, there is a music condition. Um, no, I'm just not seeing that. Hold on one second. 
I think we just talked about limiting music at the at the home ranch a couple of meetings ago too. I am not seeing anything about amplified. You know what? I don't think there was one because La Jolla was um, mainly indoors. Oh, that's why. Um, let me, I'll look up um, home ranch. I have home yeah, ranch it, right here. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll look it up, but I don't. Because home ranch was getting out of the wedding business, I thought, weren't they? Kinda. Um, they they were moving away from a um family guest ranch style yeah, guest yeah, ranch like a like a traditional yeah. dude ranch, um to do more corporate style um kind of events. Yeah. yeah, but they still had amplified music because I remember making a comment about it. Well, yeah. then we're running with you, Roberta. <laughs> um, we will get you that language. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at the. Uh... I'll look up um, also Flying Diamond. Um, that was another wedding venue, which was an outdoor event, and I'm pretty sure that was um, embedded into those conditions of approval. Yeah, I think to to Andy's point, you'd like to be somewhat consistent. Troy's had his hand up for a minute. Well, I was, yeah, I guess I was going to say, Troy, why don't you go ahead while we're looking up these little bits and pieces? Well, and I appreciate trying to be consistent, but as you all are aware, each one of these petitions is different. And whether it's wildlife or mm -hmm. neighbors or roads or traffic or whatever it is, I don't feel constrained to impose a condition on a specific permit that's different than the permit that was already approved at some point in time. I mean, I think our general conditions are, are pretty self-explanatory and those are, you know, our general conditions, complaints and concerns and limited to the facilities and so on in the event the route county commences an action. You know, those things are standard but they don't specifically apply to locations or criteria like wildlife or proximity like neighbors or whatever. So I just think that, I mean, I appreciate being consistent, but I don't want to take it to where every one of our guest ranches or B&Bs or SUPs have the same dang conditions because the site's different the topography is different. Wildlife is different. So, I mean, I, I don't feel that a prior approval constrains any future condition that you may want to put in on a permit that you're going to approve. You know, uh, I, I agree, think, I agree I, with Linda 100% that, that 400 people, and I, it's a question for staff too, because I was just looking through this during other uh, roundtable comments, and I'm not sure under covered writing arena if if a concert is allowed. I don't know. 
that's a question I have because I mean, I don't pretend to believe that Lucky 8 has any intention of doing this, but is it precluded that they can't have two concerts a week out there and invite all the downtown steamboat to come out for their 400 guests? I mean, I don't know. Is that a constraint? Is it limited to facilities that are, you know, presented? But when I look at covered writing arena and then the associated, uh, uh, conditions are associated with the covered writing arena. I don't see any elimination that a concert is not a special event. So if I'm really playing um, devil's advocate here, is that really what you want to sign up for? Are you signing up for 400 people twice a week to go out and have a concert? So I, I rely on staff to tell me whether that's covered or it's not covered. Um, we, we would go by we would go by the project narrative and what is being presented. So if they're not telling us that the 400 um, guests would be for a concert, um, usually there's specific language of what they're asking for, what those special events are. Um, I would assume it would be for weddings, um, but Chris, you can um, speak to the more detail of that. Well, I. I think it was it it wasn't covered exactly what was going on. The narrative did refer to the rodeo events, um, uh, like a, a volleyball tournament, and I I sorry there was some more on there. Nick can help clarify that, but there were some things that he placed under there. We we weren't requiring certain things, so no a concert wasn't discussed. But we have gotten special event permits for concerts we had one up on the cog yeah um so we have had that happen people come in just for that one time permit for a special event for something and we have had concerts um proposed in route county and actually held and one was outside of hayden well and i like steve's you know ability for um you know to to administratively issue that type of permit um, but I don't want it to be a use by right under the SUP that we're granting here. It seems like it should come back in and be administrative if they want to do that. Um, I actually think, Troy, there's consensus on that. Um, and I think the only debate that we have um, presently special event permits are limited to two per year, Christy? Yes. And is that sufficient for the commissioners? Well, but let's go back to the, to the uh, Linda's comments that uh, we can have 400 people out there 25 times a year. No, 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 we're limiting. The entire purpose of this discussion, I think this, what I'm smelling and I'm getting from the, from the round table is that no one's particularly comfortable with the 400 people. So I had thought or suggested, or I would suggest we leave the cap of 200 in place. And if the petitioner wants to go to 400, it's considered a special event, special application is what I imagine. But under page 15, 
of 69, aren't we talking about, that, that's where they get the 400 number, yep. 25 times a year. And but I think, Troy, what he's saying is that it may not be accepted in the motion. Right. Well, so if, fine. It's cap, if, it's cap, if somebody makes the motion and caps it at, at 200, they would have the option of being able to come in, not under their special use permit, but a special events permit, which is a Correct. separate permit to apply Actually, for I something. It. I, I it's simpler it. than that. It remains unchanged from the original um, condition granted in 2017. And the, you know, item I in under 18 and the original Special use permit, the maximum number of guests allowed at a special event is 200, period. That's unchanged is what I would suggest. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the building of the covered riding arena is not something that, that a ranch is going to need the special use permit for. It's no. just the proposal for the use of it. And so right. they are already limited to the 200 people and I, if I understand what you're saying, Steve, it isn't um, the 200 people 25 times a year already exists with the current facilities. This would just happen to be a different facility, but the same use would, um, special use permit applies the 200 at 25. That's Is correct. That, okay. Yes. Yes, you got it. And, and also, I would, not, I would not even dream of trying to tell them what color to, to make that building like Billy suggested, <laughs> because it's yeah. a use by right in the AF zone district. Right. So um, I what color they can put their building up. So and then the other thing, my sense is, oh, Andy, um, why don't you go? You're muted. Thank you. Um, like I understand the, the conversation and I'd be willing to support um, either keeping it the same, understanding that they have a way of um, submitting a, an additional permit to do a larger event. I think that when it comes to the blue sky hope of being able to do this type of thing, it's always met with this worst case scenario, we're going to have 400 people 25 times a year. I think by the applicant's own admission, it, it again is somewhat limiting considering that in the last three years the largest event hasn't really been over 200. And so um, I'll support um, maintaining a cap at 200. I just, this is one of those things that never scares me that much because um, we just don't, it's so blue sky and you would love if an applicant really had that kind of a business problem where they had 25 events a year where there were 400 people, you would wish that for them, but um, I also believe that the, um, the process of complaints would 
bring this back around again if it was actually going to be a problem. So I'll stand, I'll stand down from saying that it's kind of crazy to limit it at 200 and I'll go along with um, if that's the consensus of the commission. Oh, uh, and I think that makes some sense. And again, I don't, I, I, my position is, and to your point, blue sky is probably a pretty good descriptor, but in the off chance that we've not considered something and um, Nick comes to um, would like to do a 400, at least the road is available to take. And I think that solves kind of that issue and everybody feels pretty decent about that. Um, I'm trying to herd us up a little bit, not herd, hurry, herd. Um, can you, Chris, go to the top of the conditions? Actually, not even. Can you go to, I think, I'd start with condition number, hang tight. I'd start with number six, I think. And there, I had this circled, oh, because of the additional language. Does anybody have a problem with that? This does not include seasonal winter lights. My sense is no, but Andy, you got your hand up. It's actually number eight, I think we're talking about. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed, yep, you're right, number eight. Yeah, and I actually didn't have a question about this particular one. I had a question about the suggestion, suggested wording at the end of the document. Okay, we'll get to that. How about that? All exterior lights shall be downcast and opaquely shielded. This does not include uh, seasonal winter, but I think that reads just fine in my yep. opinion. Okay. Um, I was going to continue through. I didn't think there was anything through condition 13 that needed addressing, shall we say? In specific conditions, number 14, I had just made myself a little bit of a note for my own information. And this is a Christie question. You don't, do we really monitor um, the level or the lack of activity that would cause one, um, a petitioner or an operator to actually lose a piece of the SUP? Well, it would fall under, um, Chris, if you can scroll up, it's actually like if we get complaints or concerns, so you're okay, talking fine. about number three. Yeah, yeah okay. so um, essentially if we do get complaints or concerns, we would have the ability, we would bring it back before you to um, discuss what the complaint or concern and have the ability to revise conditions to address that mitigation. Okay, perfect. Kind of one of those things you read something so often you never, never mind. Um, <laughs> The next item I thought, item 16 or condition, special use condition, special condition, number 16. Um, does anybody have I, my consent? When I, my notes reflect, everybody was comfortable with the seven to nine, seven days a week. It's consistent um, with egg tourism. 
Hey, Chris, could you scroll down to the next set of conditions? Please. The next set? Yeah, start, yes. Next page. Oh, next page, okay. Is that what you mean? Yes. Keep going. We're only seeing right now, I'm only seeing up to condition number uh, 11. You, it might be like you have to like stop sharing and then share again deal. Really? You should be able to scroll though, I would think. Yeah, I would think so, but you it's not working. You can only see till 11? I can only see till 11. How weird is that? Okay, <laughs> let me go out and I'll go back in. Well, I think we all have it in front of us, right? Can't we just work off of that? <laughs> uh, yeah, if we do, I'm not, uh, that works for me. Here you go. There, you're scrolling. Yeah, okay. perfect. So, so you you're, um, stop there, I think. No, go down a little farther. Go to 16. Yep, there you go. Perfect. So again, unless I misnoted myself, I don't know that I saw anybody having issues with um, 16 other than when you get to the covered writing in Reno. Is that true? Um, I was going to propose that the covered writing arena paragraph be rewritten to reflect what the existing special use permit talks about, which is number of guests allowed 200. You want me to erase and place it in there? Is that what you would like? I'd like that, yeah. And then if it draws the ire of the commissioners, we'll beat it up. Okay. The amplified hours of music, the existing special use says 10 o'clock. And I would leave that in place, 10 o'clock. Hours of operation, the existing um, special use permit hours of operation shall be 8 a.m. to midnight. That's consistent. Special events, the existing special uses 25 per year is allowed. Sanitation is fine, food service is fine. And all operations are to be held within the writing arena. I don't know, what was the, in can you help with that statement, Chris? Well, we just didn't want the, whatever the special event is, needs to be within the walls of the arena. We didn't want, you know, whatever it is, your rodeo event or your 
it, it needs to be within the arena, not outside in the parking lot area. Or oh, okay. Okay. Uh, does anyone have any comments on those changes? Is that acceptable to based on the conversation so far? Good. And by the way, I can't, Sarah, you're going to have to help me because if a hand goes up, it doesn't show up when I'm sharing, when we're sharing screens. Oh, really? Well, it doesn't because I only got one, two, three, four panels. No, I can actually, you, you can scroll. Click on participants, you can see it separately, but I'm fine to do that. Uh, yeah, I, I knew that part and I just didn't want to do that. So I thought that's, I'd that's where we're here to help you out. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, let's go to. Steve, on the subject of uh, you're on, on the cover riding arenas. Yeah. Um, I guess I was comparing the previous um, permit and the new one. And the previous permit specifically stated that the uh, amplified music would only be allowed in the areas specified on the map, two areas specified on the map. And right. Our current special condition doesn't have any, uh, any any reference to a map. So, if you want to, so question that that's just a, an item maybe we, the commissioners want to talk about. Do we want to limit it to something specific area, or we're just going to let it go? Because now we would let it go before we did. Just a comment. Um, I think if I go to the next. Uh, Chris, if you scroll down, I think, Billy, we're going to come to your question, I think. Pole barn, not worried about that. To be horsemanship, okay. I think. Billy, you, do you know what condition of approval that was? I, yeah, I don't know. I got it here on the previous application. Hey, uh, go go back up just a little bit because there's another reference to the 400. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, down. Not down. down. 17H. So, um, special condition 18 in the existing permit. Right. That's what I was referring to. Okay, whoa. It's in 18H, refers again to the 400 guests. Oh, fix that. Well, yeah, fix that. Matter of fact, um, Chris, just eliminate the bold. Yeah. You know, uh, this is Nick. Somebody Am I able to make an suggestion? argument for the 400? Well, we're not. What we're trying to do here, um, Nick, <sighs> we're going to provide the opportunity to go to 400, but us be on a special event basis. I'm sorry. Well, I know, just to remain consistent with La Jolla Dolce, can we put the just like La Jolla Dolce does and just require it to be the three up to 400 events? And that still would be included in the 25 events, special events per year. Uh, I and La Jolla think, Dolce is a much smaller area than we are. I think the commissioners were leaning towards leaving it at 200 
and allowing you to apply for a special event in the event of a 400. Um, not that I'm taking any sides or anything, but you asked me about Home Ranch. They are amplified music shall cease at 11. Special events not exceed 330 per year and events not exceed 300 in attendance. You had asked for that information. So, and they're on 48 acres, but they're surrounded by, I believe, it was either 300 or 500. I'm sorry, I can't remember. Mr. Chairman, I'm good if we just limit it to three, 400 people events a year. And that way he doesn't have to get the special permit that we were going to. Yep. But we have capped it at a number that I don't think would cause a lot of anxiety um, <laughs> for neighbors or the roads or traffic or the county. So sure. okay. I, I'm fine with three. Any other commissioners want to weigh in on that? I would be too. Okay. I think Andy, I already know your comment. I'm good with three. Good, thank you, Bill. Uh, Chris, I don't, Troy, say again what you would be good with, because I'm not sure that what Chris just did works that way. I thought he said 300. No, I said no. three events with up to 400 people per year. Oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood you. Let me pull. And were you saying 400 or 300? Well, I, I'm open to whatever planning commission is comfortable with. Um, you know, the petitioner is essentially requesting 400. And if we limit it to three events, uh, you know, I don't no, know I, that's a big deal, so. I just wanted clarification. I thought I heard you say three 400 person events, but I wanna make sure I heard that. And correct. Yeah, okay. So Chris, you can't unwind there you go. Number of guests. Okay, you put okay, it back. Let me go back up here because I changed that to 300. Let me go yes, back and you, to 200. You should, that goes back to 200. Now we just have to decide. But, um, but this probably needs to be removed because they could have up to three events, up to 400 guests. I think it's another line. So maybe this yep. needs to be eliminated and just put under the special events. Well, or just go down to your last line. All operations are to be held within the writing arena. And then the next line is an asterisk that says that the operation is allowed three events with up to 400 people well, or between 200 and 400, Steve? Up, I think it's up to 400. Uh, up to 400. That's fine. Per year. Uh, however, turn it around, I think. Events up to 400 guests may be held up to three times per year. Uh, however you want to do it. I don't I'm not going to sit here and wordsmith it. 
Can I bring up a point? You may, Greg, go. Uh, just wondering if uh, we wanted to discuss about the special events and what I was bringing up about uh, them being a week long. And do we want to put any kind of uh, <laughs> specific part with uh, how long a event can last? Well, I think we should. I don't. I don't have the. I don't have the language, but I don't either. Although I thought in my head, an event was limited to the hours of operation. That's an event. So your point is: is are you concerned that there would be five events out of the twenty-five allowed in one week? My understanding was that uh, a, an event was could be for seven days, and so th that where did that you was get that? My understanding did you, from where, the applicant was saying it. He brought this up earlier, and it, it is a good discussion because special events allow twenty five per year, but how long is the duration of a special event? Is it one day? Is it eight hours? Is it two day events? It's not clarified. Well, then that's 30. easy enough to fix. It, a special event shall be defined as one day. And, and that's what I guess the discussion is. I'm going to have a 30 day colon cleansing <laughs> with, with 200 people. That's my special, that's my special event. Yeah, I don't think so. What I would suggest, since we already have language that hours of operation are from 8 a.m. to midnight, we can define a special event um, as, and, and we could move it to 7 in the morning, since we also have our tools starting at 7, but a special event uh, is defined as an event that occurs, you know, Day. hours of operation um, and and uh, if we wanted to get even more specific indicate that uh, should a subsequent uh, event occur the next day it shall be a separate se special event but since we have hours of operation defined, that's in, and it says number 18, wow. special events shall be as follows. Hours of operation shall be eight to midnight. So I think it's implied that that is what a special event is. It is one event from 8 a.m. to midnight, but we can just spell it out more specifically. <laughs> And you the only reason say, why I bring this up is because of the Crane Festival. And that was kind of something that we had uh, for a, a different application. And they, they kind of said that that was a three day long event. And so I just wanted that kind of to be clarified. You could, you could just say hours of operation of each event, each well, special event just, shall be uh, 7 a.m. to midnight. 18C, after the word midnight, you just put parentheses one event, close parentheses. Yeah. Yeah. That'll work. I mean, Greg, I think uh, your point you. is valid. I do too. Good catch. Just a 
comment on that for consistency from petitioner standpoint. I mean, you're limiting, I, I understand the concern there. I mean, a seven week event would be kind of ridiculous. Um, but there are other venues around that a special event can be an educational seminar that could be up to three days. Um, so I'm just speaking of consistency sake. Do you really think that's an issue? It's one of those things where, like, I recognize Greg's concern. I know we've had this conversation before. And is it one of those cases where we're creating something looking for a problem? I just don't know that we've had this worst case scenario that we're trying to condition against. Agreed. Why don't we just leave it? I mean, at, at some point, maybe there's a definition um, that gets built into our um, matrix of definitions. We could have this conversation. Why don't I work on something? This does go to the Board of County Commissioners. I can bring this up in the communication form to them, plus your minutes sure. will reflect that. And then we can work on maybe something some kind of language that would work under the special events. And I can also work with Nick on that if you feel that that is appropriate. I think that that makes some sense. Uh, I don't, fine, I'm okay I, with that. I can, I can bring yeah. it up with the board. If we right. leave it like you were just discussing to just leave this out. We can yep. bring it up with the Board of County Commissioners as a concern of yours, and we can try to figure out some sort of language that maybe would reflect what the thought is here, and then the board can make that final decision. Sure. If they feel sense. it's necessary. Right. And they'll have gone through the minutes to see the debate anyway. Right. Is, would that be okay with everybody? Yep. Okay, so I will take this out one event. Um, so, where were we at? Okay, we're still in that. No, we're down past that, I think. Now we're into eight. We're still in 18. Well, I want to make sure that we got 16 with the, the numbers right when we left it. So, 200, 8 to 10, 8 to midnight operation. Yep. Yep. 25. Yep. yep. Before we go off of 16, I have one more comment too. And this is probably a very mute one and I, I don't really care too much, but I just want to say with the uh, haunted houses and the special events, uh, we're granting 240 people, whereas the special events, we only are doing 200. So I don't know if 65 would be appropriate where that would be about 195. Just throwing that out there. I'm not too, that's not a deal breaker. Well, the only thing, I see what you're saying. Alternatively though, the 200 is per event. 
and this is 60 to 80 per session, three events, I don't know. I'm okay with it the way it's written, but I don't, I won't, Other maybe others have an opinion. I guess we can move on. <laughs> okay. Um, so Chris, scroll down to uh, number F under 18 has got to get fixed. So this will still be um, uh, 10, the way 10. it was. Yep. Okay. Uh, the balance of F is fine. Um, Shuttle service to the site is required for all special events. Caterers are accepted. So, yep. You know, I want to back up real quick. I, I made a comment about the inconsistency between this and the other format. And uh, that, that was my bad. I, the page break on my other thing was, was wrong. Um, I, I would love some clarification from Christy, though. Um, this referenced a map included with the special conditions. And I, I guess I, I don't remember seeing where the special conditions referenced this, the map. Did, did I miss that someplace? I, I mainly wanted to make sure, I want to just make sure that we know what that map is. Which condition are you referring to, Billy? Um, I'm, I'm still on 18 and so and I'm on 18F, the one we just fixed. Uh, oh, the I map see what and references uh, on 52 of the staff report. Yep. It's right. area 13. And then it, I think. And then it would get updated if this one would be approved. So it was the yellow map that, that I was at yellow. Most of the writing was yellow on it. That's what we're referring to. I had it up. So in, in the special conditions that we're going through right now, um, that particular drawing that you just mentioned, that's referenced in there. I, that's the question. So you would like that referenced in the condition? Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm saying in the condition now, it references the map that's included as part of the special condition. Okay, that's what it says now. And I'm just, I'm just saying, uh, and that's a quote here. And we changed it to five areas designated on the map included within the conditions of the special use permit. So I'm, I'm just asking where that map is. You know. <laughs> it's page 31. Page 31. Yep. Right. It was the map that I had brought up on the screen showing where all the new events were. Mm -hmm. Yep, I remember that. Okay. Hey, what are you not clear on? Yeah, I'm a little confused. I, I'm not sure what you're asking, Billy. Yeah. Um, well, I guess that, it wasn't clear. I just wanted clarification that everybody knew when it says the map that's part of the special conditions. 
or the SUP. The map is part of the SUP. So when this right. thing and all wrapped up and it goes to the county commissioners, there's a map that's part of that package. Right. It looks like the one, that, looks like the one we just looked at. Right, it's part of the project plan and that is the map, yes. Well, I'm, I'm sorry to bore with you guys at this late minute, but uh, that helps me, thank you. Good. Um, Chris, I think you can roll down to Uh, I think commissioners speak up, but I think we're down to the request for administrative approval to amend the permit boundaries. What are your thoughts about the language actually that Chris has? Um, before we get that far, Steve, we need to look at number 30. Oh yeah. My sense was we were done with that, but. Okay. I'll listen to. What wasn't there some discussion that uh, we were going to include amplified music after besides tours? Uh, I think at the end we decided not. Okay. We decided that the DOW has more expertise in dealing with wedding venues and these types of things than we do, and if they thought it was going to be an issue, they would have said something. So we're running with their recommendations at face value. Um, yeah, okay, I know what we had in that we, we talked about and uh, I was thinking there was some, it was hard to understand that we had the period that didn't start until June 15th, but we had something happen before that. Well, yeah, she's, we're gonna, or. We're gonna change that to one sentence, make it clear, and we can do that right now. Just, actually, this, I like it the way it is. Isn't it clear it now? This or. Or. I think it should be and. That would make it a lot clearer. Well, I think the reason that we left it this way is so that the operator, Lucky 8, could decide one or the other. They're going to have to comply with one of them if you adopt this condition of approval. Right. And I think that gives them the option to not begin until June, or maybe they want to, maybe they have people that want to go earlier, and so they would just conduct their tours from 10 to 3. It, okay. it ha I mean, from a grammatical point of view, it has to be or, because yeah. otherwise it's contradictory. No, you right. can't do an and. Okay. But you're not limiting it to tours ending on June 15th. So it's an or. So if he chooses to wait until June 15th, he can do that. But then if you commence on May 20th, you fall back to A because the tours aren't going to end June 15th. Right. So they they got to mesh somehow. 
Well, I mean, I mean, really, the 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 way it would be more understandable is if those were flipped. So that you would say tours conducted between May 15th to June 15th will be conducted from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. or tours will not begin until June 15th. I like that. That makes total sense if they're flipped. I agreed. Agreed. Yep. Okay. Come on. Come on. Come on. Thanks, Sarah. Formatting. Always the bugaboo. Yeah, I know. Sometimes you're better off just retyping it. Perfect. Bold it. Okay. Then the last one. Well, no, I'm I'm sensing that no one has an issue with number thirty-four. I wish we could. Uh, and then, where are the commissioners' heads on um, the ability to do administrative re review on? Uh, Boundary changes. Didn't Andy have some input there? I, I, I had a question, just, you know, obvious, the obvious um, for, formatting of the spelling. You know, yeah. Pretty quick, easy change. She's already on it. Okay. Uh, it was in that last paragraph that I was struggling to understand what the paragraph was trying to say the way i was reading it i was reading it that it, it's saying that it just has to be approved i didn't know if it was actually trying to reference an approval process or if it actually is intended to say that if a lease holding larger than 35 acres is not renewed or any private property owned by Lucky Eight Ranch is sold, an application for an amendment to special use permit must be approved. Reviewed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes is that was that the intention of it? It it is so that it goes back to the public process. Isn't isn't the issue not really whether it's approved or reviewed, but whether it's submitted? Yeah, the application must be submitted. I was kind of, I agree, Sarah. There it's more go. like yeah. the procedural thing, you know? Yep. And, it, and the way it read before, it was implying that it would just get approved. The so, other thing I thought we, I think we thought it made some sense to leave the 21 days in that the existing administrative review process has. Yeah, and it's up to you. I just I just picked a number. I just think why well, confuse things? Make it 21 days just because that's what exists now, right?
So are you, do you just want an application submitted for a special use permit? Do you want it must be reviewed and approved? I'm, I'm okay with just kind of what Sarah suggested saying it just must be submitted. Because, I mean, if it's submitted, the point is that then it will be reviewed and either approved or not approved. Yep. But yep. If, if any change of property occurs, they'll have to apply for an amendment to their permit. Commissioners, comments? And that was kind of what I thought the original intention was with what was trying to be achieved. As did I. Yeah, Steve, I think it'd be nice to be consistent with what we use. The language we use lots of times is reviewed and approved. That just makes it clear that it just submit it doesn't really mean. Well, I th the only difference is it's going to go to planning staff. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're going to judge in our behalf as to whether or not the change is significant or not and requires additional review and That's approval. Sure. That's one way to do it, yeah. Hey, Chris, so you got thing? a little typo there on this, the next to last line in that larger paragraph. Yeah, just the T's missing. Yeah, I'm not sure that last sentence is still clear. No, it's not. It's not quite right. Um, an application maybe it should be, maybe it should be An application for an amendment to a special use permit must be submitted. So you want must be submitted at back here. Yeah. I get a better idea. The Rao County Planning Director may grant administrative approval to amend the permit boundary if the boundaries are changed substantially. What's or something like that. If we're going to give the planning director discretion, you don't need the 35 acres on there. I, it's kind of <laughs> so you're insinuating that it could be that the boundary is also a lease. Exactly. I'm just saying if the boundaries change. I use the word substantially. I think a point was just made by Billy. Maybe we're going to put some kind of number on it. I don't know. But I don't want to overthink this thing and start, well, they sold some and bought some, but then they sold some more, but then they bought less and on and on and on. Just change period, yeah. Leave it that way. Wait a minute. Because Do we're starting with to amend the to amend the permit. Wait a minute. To amend wait, that's not right. The Route County Plan Director made a grant administrative approval to amend the permit. If in the event the boundary has changed. Period. And the key words are may grant, as we've all discussed. Staff has the ability to kick it up to us if they think it's significant and substantive. Jason property owners, we want them to know. 
No comments after 21 days. Da -da 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 -da. Then you don't even need that last baba. And it should read and receive that cannot be mitigated. Just a grammar yep. change. Oh. <laughs> Number 35, print it. Uh, but without the, if the leasehold, to get rid of that sentence, I think that's become somewhat irrelevant. So the last line, because this is reflecting any boundary change. Exactly. So get rid of the, if a lease thing, blah, blah, blah. We, we don't care. How, that. We went that backwards, didn't we? Kind of. <laughs> so that whole thing becomes number 35? Yes. Yep. Um, Steve, I, you, I agree with what you're saying, about not overthinking it, but that, the definition of boundary the paragraph that we just took out, which said leasehold, and I guess is uh, boundary. The permit boundary includes the leasehold. Includes the leaseholds. Yep. Okay, I, that wasn't clear to me. I'm I'm a newbie. Uh, thank you. No problem. Sorry, fumble fingers here. There you go. Hopefully it'll work. Look at that. Make it bold. Perfect. Okay. I think that takes care of my, my list, I think. Any other comments, changes, questions? Do we think we have it? Silence is deafening. I want to seven or nine, seven days a week. Okay. I think we have it if it helps. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Troy, was that a thumbs up? Oh, look at that. Okay, with that put to rest. Uh, might there be a motion available on PL 19195? Nobody wants to make a motion. I'll Roberta, make a motion. I always rely on you. <laughs> I move to approve PL 19195 with. Let's see, where's our finding? Page 13. Uh, it's actually at the top here, Roberta. Findings effect one, right? Yep. Right. And conditions one through 35 as amended. Second. We have a motion and we have a second. Who seconded it? Andy? E. Perfect. Uh, any discussions on the motion? Hearing none, I know you don't like to do this, Sarah, but I'm going to have you do it. Would you call the roll? Really? Really? Yeah. Oh, well, I think that 
think Brian might have ditched us. So, okay. Which is kind of why we're calling the roll. <laughs> okay. Uh, Linda Miller. Yes. Uh, Billy Mitzelfeld. Yes. Peter, oh no, not Peter Flint. Uh, Greg Yeager. Yes. Bill Norris. Yes. Roberta Marshall. Yep. Oh, you made the motion. Troy Brookshire. Yes. Andy, you seconded. Uh, Brian Kelly has ditched us, is that correct? I think so. I believe so. Okay, Steve Warnke. Yes. Motion carries. Appeal, whatever the number is, is approved. It goes before the Board of County Commissioners on November 16th. So Nick, you got one more hurdle. Recommendation for approval. One more meeting. Thanks yeah, yeah, guys. Yeah. Okay, Christy, I think you're next. Um, yeah. Nick, you're more than welcome to. Yeah, thank you. Everybody. You're more than welcome to hang around if you'd like, but if I were you, I'd probably bail. <laughs> um, trying to keep this short, respecting <laughs> everybody's times here. But the good news is, um, the length of this meeting and time you put into it, um will carry over to your next couple of meetings that we don't have anything scheduled. So, oh. <laughs> um, so the average is good. Yeah, exactly. So um, our next scheduled meetings for November and early December, um, you will have the nights off. Uh, nothing is scheduled or could be at this point. Um, but we do have a bunch of anticipated projects um, where you can expect likely in um, either late December or putting it off to the new year, um, depending on caseloads, um, is when you would see us next. Um, just some other updates. Um, Roheel um, officially resigned. Um, I know it's been a mystery for mystery quite man. some time, um, but he did submit a letter of resignation. Um, and um, we kind of expected that, but it was made official. And um, I asked the commissioners if they wanted to go ahead and re-advertise or wait till the next round in March when um, we'll be re-advertising again. Um, they have not responded yet. I just put in this request this past week. Um, so I will let you know with that. Also, um, we have formally advertised for a permanent planning director um, that went started on Monday and the closing will be on the 16th. Um, I have not formally applied, um, but I've been asked to um, and thinking about it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I will be applying, um, and, I'll, and I'll just be. Um, That's not I funny, Christy. <laughs> um, anyway, I will let you know um, what happens with that. 
Um, obviously, this just happened on Monday, um, and um, we haven't gotten any applicants at this point in time, but being the current state of, uh, of the nation on many of levels, um, I don't know if this is really at anybody's, you know, on anybody's <laughs> radar at the moment, um, or crazy enough to do it. I don't know. Um, and let's see. Uh, Troy, I just have to say it's up. about time. <laughs> How well, long have you been interim? <laughs> I've been interim now for eight months. And I was originally told that I could expect for that to be in the long haul, um, being that um, we, at the same time when we lost Chad, we also lost the county manager and the assistant county manager all within two weeks of each other. So Did you lose the health person too? Uh, that happened along the way, um, yes. Um, but um, so the idea was, which makes sense, they wanted to bring on a new county manager to be part of the process to hire a, a permanent planning director. Um, since that time, we've had an interim county manager this whole time. Um, and the county did go through the whole brain damage process of um, of looking to hire um, a county manager. And it narrowed down, the search was narrowed down to two candidates and that didn't work out. Um, they offered it to um, one candidate and um, five weeks later, um, they rescinded that offer. Um, so we're back at square one. Mark Collins is our interim county manager um, and he is staying on as long as needed. Um, he was very much behind supporting me and trying to get staff in here, um, being that I've been basically crying for new staff because we, um, we're very, very busy. Um, I've shared that with you in the past. Although we have slowed down and typically we do this time of year, we're still way above average. Um, so we all have been working hard, trying to maintain that level of service. Um, proud to say we've done that, um, but at the same time, you know, they need to make a move here. So um, I think they finally got the message and recognized the fact that we need to um, get another body in here in some capacity, whether that was a permanent director or give me another staff member or something. Um, so this is a good start um, and we'll see where it goes, so. Um, Troy, you had your hand raised. I don't know purposely or if that was from before. No, I, I just wanted to uh, speak about something that I don't think was appropriate. And I think we all are um, subject to slip ups from time to time. But if I recall, Mr. Norris, uh, you were, you were describing for us during the hearing for Lucky Eight that you had a um, conversation with Oak Creek Fire Department today and how you, somehow it was related to the petition and response times, et cetera. Um, Christy, I'm not sure if I'm correct or Steve, but I think that's ex parte contact because not all of us 
were involved with the conversation with Oak Creek Fire that Bill had. And so I'm, I, I'm questioning whether that should have come out in the discussion of Lucky Eight. Um, I don't know if I, I heard exactly the entire um, conversation, but it would be inappropriate if it was direct, if it was a question directly related to a current application. Um, if that was the case, um, you know, that oh, could man. be considered. Um, if it was something that um, was unrelated, but it had to do with or um, was appropriate in the sense of in the context of um, information that, you know, he had um, based on just a similar situation, um, I think that would be appropriate. So I just if, don't know. If, um, if it's not a referral agency and he's doing research on his own, I don't know that it falls under ex parte. If they were a referral agency. You don't I have to be, Andy. If I'm, talking, if I'm talking to the neighbor of the petitioner down on the street, that's ex parte contact. And I'm, I'm suggesting that that's what happened to Bill today. He was talking to the Oak Creek Fire Department about response times to Lucky Eight, and then he brings it to the meeting and tells us about his conversation with Oak Creek Fire I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I, I wouldn't go there myself, so. I uh, was talking to the uh, college. It's a course that's offered at the college. And he brought up uh, the fact that he was an EMT and I was just wondering if he had any uh, woofer applicants out, out there. So the two did not cross paths. Is just that uh, uh, there is a woofer uh, class offered and you can get it in just about any area. I had not talked to anybody at the fire department or anywhere else, so it didn't cross over to this petition, but just the thought that uh, if they were gonna put in first aid, <laughs> CPR, and uh, defibrillators is what we've currently been running. Oh, uh, I asked if there was any thought of going into the uh, the woofer, being as how that's a, far out area and he said that the My mistake. well and i don't you know what i know exactly what bill is saying happened and the thing that i'm trying to think of i know there was a comment about an hour versus 15 minutes but now i'm trying to think who it came from that's what i'm not sure of yeah i mean i made a response you know he the the applicant said that he was 15 minutes outside of Oak Creek. I made a response that, um, you know, recently I had an interaction where it took, you know, 15 minutes within the town of Oak Creek to get response. So I didn't think the, the 15 minute drive time was necessarily accurate, but I think Bill's explanation maybe clears that up, Troy. It wasn't yeah. really. Well, and believe me, I, I, I'm not trying to debate and it's not he said, she said, no, it's I think the it's education. Fair. I think it's fair to throw it out there that say, yeah. let's be careful, folks. That's all. No, I agree. And I know me, I'll go look at the minutes when I'm done, too. But anyway, anything you else, are. Christy? Um, that's all I had on my end um, that I could think of at the moment, at the hour. Okay. 
Perfect. <laughs> if anybody has any follow-up questions, obviously, you know where to find me. And then we'll just keep you posted at when um, we anticipate the next public hearing. Sounds good. Great. Thank you, everyone. Have a Thank good evening. You. Thank you. Have Thank a you. great night. Good time. Night. Good. Night. You sounded so enthusiastic, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said in my note, I was up at 4.30 this morning because I had to make it to an 8 o'clock appointment in Vail. <laughs> <laughs>